Now, this is a story all about my dad and how he got lost in space. Yeah, it's pretty sad. He's vanished, gone. It was a mighty crime across the universe with a wrinkle in time. Boom. Bump, bump, bump. In a different medium, we have biochemist Alec Holton, and after a terrible accident turned into some pollen, he became a god, protector of the green, a plant, a myth, a legend, the swamp thing. Boom, 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 boom. Welcome to the Fakner Guys episode. I don't know. What's the episode title? <laughs> 84. 84. Hey guys, welcome to the 84th episode of Fake Nerd Podcast. It's 85. 85 or even older. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm senile. What's up guys? I'm hey. Ryan Iliopoulos. I had fun writing that rap earlier. I'm with Brandon T. McClure. Hi. Benjamin Magneto. Yeah. Also known as Ben Magnet. And over the internet, Sparks, as always, my lovely internet virtual friend. How's it going? Hey. Hey. Pretty good. Hey, hey guys. You know, virtual relationships hardly ever work. Hey, Ready Player One, April, f- March 29th. <laughs> hey, <laughs> stop shitting on the... March 30th. Not, did I, I, didn't, I didn't shit on it. I just said there was no, a no. virtual relationship. You did. You did. That's projecting. You did. <laughs> Are you trying to say something to me? What's up, guys? <laughs> uh, you know, same old, same old. How was your guys' week? It's pretty good. You yeah. know, comics, Monster Hunter, at 100 hours now. You, someone take it away from me. I'm addicted. Yeah. I. Uh, you know, I worked... Uh, yeah. Hey, we all got jobs. Yeah. It's a job. Oh, I, d- I saw Annihilation. Yes. Yeah. I did too. I want to see it again because I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I get it. Yeah. That, isn't that <laughs> exciting to be a movie where you're like, wow, I have to think about it. Yeah. Isn't that nice? Yeah. Nobody saw it. It's like Avatar. <sighs> <sighs> and that's the end of this episode. <laughs> and Ryan just walked out. Yeah, Every time someone says Avatar, I have to think, it's like, are we talking James Cameron or are we talking The Last Airbender here? No, no, no we're not talking about the M. Night Shyamalan Last Airbender film. Mm. Nobody ever talks about Last Airbender, Ben. Everybody way. likes to just forget. <sighs> I, I I forgot that that happened. Yeah, now that's back in my brain. I'm really bummed J- out. Just repress repress the memory. Oh, I will, like everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Which one's worse, Dragon Ball Evolution or, or Jack, uh, no. Last Airbender? Oh, Last Airbender. Last, uh, Last Airbender. Oh. No, because it has down. Piccolo, and Piccolo's pretty cool. I haven't seen Evolution, so I can't tell you. At least he tries Dude, in that movie. Here's the, here's the total difference. Let me sum it up real quick for you. Dragon Ball Evolution, two minutes in, you know, you know, it's not going to be what you want. <laughs> okay. Last Airbender, it tricks you. It tries. It oh. looks like it could be what you want. Yeah. It just disappoints. Those trailers All had right. me hooked, man, right. for real. Yeah. I was ready for it. So was I. Hey, I've got another question for you guys before we get going. What if everything we thought we knew was wrong? Should, no. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. Uh, should Infinity War come out? Nope, wrong question to ask. So if yes. it doesn't come out, no. <laughs> when it comes out, what's the one thing that would make you hate it? Dude. Have you guys thought about this? No. What's the one thing that would be like, wow, I don't know if I'd like that. I don't know. It, if someone if someone used one of the stones to make everyone do a musical number. I don't know. I love Legion. That's, that'd be pretty bad. <laughs> that's that's different. Um. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um. You know what, man? Considering like we talked about, it's like nineteen of the twenty movies that are going to be coming out have been all good. Mm-hmm. So it would take it would take according to us. According to us, yes. Uh, but like. Uh, it, I, it's hard for me to think because like they're mostly just like they know what they're doing. Yeah, <laughs> like something character specific, but like even then, like I can get around it if it's if it's well for the story, if it's mm. good for the story. Yeah, that's tough. Same here. I honestly, every time someone mentions Infinity War, every little piece of information that comes out about Infinity War, it just makes me want to go see this it's movie. It's not even like more. it's not like Warner Brothers where like we have like three bad movies and we're like, oh well, Justice League. What would they? It's not like that. Like right. we got what we wanted. Now yeah. I now I I got it. I I got it. What is it? Yeah. Uh. If if you killed uh, Steve Rogers, you think so? That would that would do it. Yeah, uh, if you kill Steve Rogers in this one, like I don't think they should kill Steve Rogers in general. But if you kill him in this one and not in the fourth one, uh, I got a problem with that. I think I think 
I think we're all hyping up Infinity War, and I actually think it's four because we somewhat talked about this. Like, what if Infinity War isn't like the grand spectacle we think it's going to be? I think four is. I think this is like parts one and two, where like this parts is one is good, the setup. Good segue. Yes. Into the first bit of news. Bread and butter. Um, because so I I brought this up because strangely enough, all this news, all this news that came out of the Entertainment Weekly uh, article, huge, huge, like oh, yeah. the whole thing was about the yeah the movie. Uh, a lot of it was incredibly unexpected. Yeah, and I genuinely didn't know how to feel about it. Like I, got, I was, I, I wasn't more excited after I read it. I was just kind of like, oh, that's um, not what I expected. Yeah, it was like it's like what coming out of it's like Star Wars fans coming out of Last Jedi being like, I don't know if I like that because that was unexpected. Yes, because you know you kind of feel like it should go some way, and it's been building up to go go one way. But now we're just, now you're like, oh, what a Huh. Yeah. Well, well, and we'll talk about it. But what is? What are you talking about here? Well, specifically Thanos. Oh, the big bad. Oh. Yeah. So they talked about uh, they talked about Thanos kind of revitalizing his origin story, a little bit. Yes. Um. The 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 actual quote is he's from a planet called Titan, so no longer the moon of Titan. Well, I th- I think it's. I think it's been unspoken changed. Yes, but I don't think oh. they've ever. I think that might have been. Ju- I think that might have been just what, like accident. Like it's the moon of Titan. Like it's it's a moon. Oh, you think so? you think it's the moon, the Saturn's moon of Titan? Yeah. Right. In our solar system? Yeah, that's where it was. Yeah, but I I think they would just change it to like the planet Titan. I guess. And just be like, all oh, those two Titans? Yeah, why not? I guess. I Someone know. else called their planet Titan. Yeah. We're right. not naming all the planets in the galaxy. Oh, I know. Um, he's from a planet called Titan that's no longer inhabited because of the things that he thought he could help prevent, and he was not allowed to do that. Veggie says. What he feared most happened, and the planet and everybody on it basically went extinct. Sounds like Jor-El. He vowed not to let that happen again. He thinks he sees the universe going down the tubes. He thinks he sees life expanding outward unchecked. That will bring ruin, he believes, So the universe, to the universe and uh, to the, that life. So, strange. Cause so he's, he still has the same idea of, like, he wants to gather these stones and wipe out half of, of reality, but for a very different reason. Almost, quote-unquote, a noble reason because the universe is going unchecked and he's almost like a Godzilla and he has to put it in check. Yeah. That's not Thanos at all. Because Thanos in the comics is far more malicious. He's just, straight up just an evil person. He's yeah. just, he's, he he's kill, out to kill. He destroyed his own planet. Yes, yeah. totally. He was, he was born, like, he was born deformed and he's the same origin in the movie. He's born deformed and, like, his parents don't treat him well and he turns into this monster. Yeah. But this whole noble aspect is super interesting and we talked about it in the text thread. Because, like, Thanos, for all intents and purposes, is is a lesser Doctor Doom. He has all the same conquering aspects, but without any of the moral ambiguity or anything. Mm-hmm. He's just a bad guy. He wants to please death. Yeah. The literal uh, yeah. personification The embodiment of death. of death. He's like, yo, girl, you're hot. What do I got to do? And she's like, kill everyone. And I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah. And I guess that could be considered, like, a kind of like a like a boring story. I think that's dope. I think that's awesome. Well, it's badass when you lean into it. Yeah, and they're definitely not. Yeah. Um. So I think it's still early to tell. Like I said, I trust in the Russo's 100%. And this is a way of giving Thanos way more character than he actually has. Um. But when you initially hear this, like, yeah, Thanos is maybe a good guy. I'm like, eh, I get it. Or they could just pull a fast one on us. Which they have before. Yeah. I mean, he is still he's still the Thanos from the previous uh-huh. movies where he's invaded planets and he's killed people and he's still a bad guy. So, like, I think... I think the destination to get where he is now is going to be very different than the comics. Right. Which is fine. Sparks, what do you got? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to be upset. I feel with whatever they do. To be honest, I don't think there's anything they could do with it that that they could do with it that they actually would do with it that's going to actually upset me. Sure. Yes. But uh, 
I do think that there's a possibility this is being some amount of misdirection. Yeah. And I would even go so far as to say that not necessarily that they're lying, but that Thanos might be lying when he says that's why he wants the stones in the film. Oh, okay. That's a good point. All right. Good point. He could be like, hey, you guys should be on my side. I'm because doing a good thing I'm here. doing a good thing. But really, he's doing it. Easier, the, easier way to get the stones. Right. And a lot of this kind of like came down to like, I started to kind of be a little disappointed because I'm like, well, how? So maybe, and not necessarily disappointed, but like, I thought for this movie, they would feel the, the, the desire to go all out, like massive cosmic, which they haven't even done in Guardians of the Galaxy. No. They teased it a little bit in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, but they even still had to make Ego a celestial because they couldn't they couldn't be like, oh, no, there's celestials and then there's Ego. Yeah. Um, and so kind of like streamline it for a mainstream audience. So I was like, oh, maybe this time we'll see like eternity and celestials out the yin yang yeah. and all these. But like, I think that's four possibly yeah. or they just don't do it and they wait for guardians of the galaxy well yeah. i'll i'll put it this way i it, whether or not they are doing it if they were doing it i certainly wouldn't expect them to show their hand yes sure Good like point. they're they're not going to tell us they're doing it like if they are incorporating death whether it's in this one or in the fourth one they're not going to tell us it's just going to happen. Sure. And I think that's smart. I think it's better. So I do think that it's possible. Not, again, that I don't think that necessarily he's lying, but I do think he is purposefully misleading us in the direction of, like, not... I don't think we're going to know exactly what's up until, honestly, the fourth film. A good point. Which good is point. how I feel it should be. Uh, I don't want to know until I'm watching it. Now, I think I've asked this a while ago, but is, is Infinity War and Thanos only movie and he's not carrying over? Or is he definitely carrying over to the next well, one? Well, we got the implication be- when Infinity War was, it used to be Infinity War Part 1 and 2, yes. that it would be a, a two part Thanos story. And it's not anymore. Story. Uh, all they said is that it's not a two part adventure. Yeah. Um, and, but, it, I mean, who knows? Because if it's not focusing on Thanos in the next movie, then they have to go bigger, which could be all the cosmic stuff. Well, I think Thanos, Thanos is definitely in the fourth part. Yeah. There's no way he's not. It would be crazy to set him up for just one movie and then de- right. ditch him. Yeah. Right. Just curious. Um, not not when you know that they're bringing in the the Black Order and everything. Oh. There's there's not enough time to only have Thanos in the third film. You're right. True. You're right. Uh, not only did we get that, we also got some other little bits and nuggets uh, saying like Bucky is no longer the Winter Soldier. He's now the White Wolf. That's a cool name. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch is now part of the Science Bros. I guess. Is yeah. That, is a thing. Just like um, in the comics. You know, and the Russos are having really a really. Uh, Really enjoying writing Banner and Strange because they haven't yet. They have not been in those two Russo films, except Strange was mentioned in one of them. Yeah, just Soldier. Yeah. Um, and uh, just you know, Rhodey's still recovering. But one of the things that we, you know, I kind of like to pat ourselves on the back. Uh, we're obviously probably not the only ones who speculated this, but the reason why they're attacking good deductions. The reason why they're attacking Wakanda is because Vision, Vision's in Wakanda, just like we speculated. Uh, so that's kind of. I was cool. on the the Soulstone bandwagon, but you guys were like, "No, oh, it might be, it might be this thing." And I'm no, like, I was on the Soulstone bandwagon too. Were you really? Yeah. It, it was. It was I who said, I, was, yeah. "I believe Vision will be in Wakanda." Yeah. And yeah, then I Brandon have... went, "Oh yes, I think you're right." And then Ben said, "Oh yes, you're wrong." Yeah. I, I hey know. man, they're still attacking Wakanda. Like yeah. And man, that's like we. I kind of talked about. It. It's like I'm really. I don't know if I want to watch that next trailer. It's because like I know they're. It's not going to reveal a lot. They're good about not revealing the last act. But man, like I don't want to see anymore because like. It, 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 uh, it's I, Ryan, so 
Ryan, I will tell you, I'm almost certain. I'm almost certain that the next trailer is basically what I saw at D23, and that will not ruin the film. All right. Because remember, I've seen more footage oh, because yeah. of D23, and I I do not feel the film has been ruined at all. Yeah, yeah. So uh, if they only have one more trailer and it just shows a lot of the stuff I saw from D23, we're good. Another we're little good. another little bit of nuggets was uh, something we also more speculated from the. Uh, uh, from the Super Bowl trailer is that uh, Stark's new arc reactor does in fact carry his entire suit mm. uh, and it comes out with uh, with nanites around Very much cool. like Superman in the New 52 um, so you know hey oh, there you go. DC might have a claim there Get stealing some good ideas <laughs> I guess yeah, sure. um, well I'm pretty sure they just saw Black Panther and like hmm well I mean no because even Black Panther yeah, happened, I know, before, I know, I know. happened after Superman. That's the joke, Ben. Shut up. Hey, Sparks, Brandon uh, asked us a, an interesting question. Do you think Black Panther could possibly outgross Infinity War? Or is Infinity War just too big of a juggernaut? I still think <sighs> Infinity War will do more. Because it's the event. I, I, think, I think it's possible. Yeah. I find it unlikely. Because... Part of Infinity War clearly takes place in Wakanda, so not only are the people who have been excited for Infinity War going to go see Infinity War, but the people who like Black Panther are going to see Infinity War because yeah. more than just Black Panther are returning for oh, Infinity yeah. War. Right. We know many members of Wakanda are going to be there. No matter what, Infinity War breaks a billion. Like there, There's no world where it doesn't. Oh, yeah, no, of course. The only of course. reason why I, why, I, why I said that is because Avengers Age of Ultron did uh, not as well, significantly less than Avengers. Yeah. Um, which is the only reason why I was like, is there a world where this happens? Yeah. I think, I think it, it, this is the only reason why I think it's possible. Um, a lot of people who love Black Panther have wanted to go see it again and again and again. People might not want to see Infinity War again and again and again for the same reasons. And that, that is a, it's a political thing. But, but I mean, but I mean, that would make sense. I'd understand it. I could see a version where Black Panther beats Infinity War. But if Infinity War is in every way the movie that we hope it to be, I could also see it not. Yeah, yeah. I think Infinity War is gonna beat Star Wars, as in you as think in Force Awakens. Force Awakens, yeah, yeah. It's. I have a feeling that Infinity War is going to destroy everything. I mean, this this really is it because this we this movie has been is literally ten years in the making. Right, but if you Every look, little, oh, but oh, let me interrupt you there because the the gross of those films isn't exponential. Each film. Has real? It's not like an exponential thing. Like, the people have certain people go to see certain movies, but right. not everyone sees everything. Yes, right. but if you what's if, if you what's the top grossing one? Avatar. Uh, right. No, no, no. I mean, out of the Marvel films. Oh, Avengers. Avengers. Okay, so if Black Panther beats Avengers, then I believe Black Panther could beat Infinity War if that happens. Yeah, sure. Uh, I do think Infinity War has more pull, though, Brandon, because this has the Guardians joining them, and you get all the Guardians fans coming. This is the one that literally brings all of them together in one, which the other Avengers films have not done. If you look at pre-Avengers, like Cap and Thor, like they did good numbers, but Avengers did... A billion. Yeah, so like... A billion five, I think. So if, like, if Black Panther did that, and then he's in this next movie, like everyone, like, like Spark said, uh, everyone who saw Black Panther... Plus, likes the Avengers, plus Guardians, like everyone's seeing this movie. Everybody. Also, also the people who went and saw hope. Also, hope. the people who went and saw Spider Man, the people who loved Captain America: yeah. Civil War. Literally, every the people who liked Ant Man are gonna go see this because Ant Man's gonna be in it. Yeah, he is. Also, this, interesting thought: Ant Man was not on the Entertainment Weekly covers. He's in the movie. We know he was seen the photos. Yeah, but he All wasn't on busy. the covers though. He's not a. Who cares? He's fine. I care. You really? You he liked was there. Ant-Man you just couldn't much. see him. Oh, shut up. You Ryan. liked Ant Man that much. 
he's a he's part of the MCU now. I was kind of hoping that he would have his own thing. Yeah, Jesus. The small uh, wait, wait, sorry, Sparks. One more thing, and we'll move on. Uh, this is this is not a film that I think is is going to be hurt from like a lack of interest in the superhero films. I think that everybody, even on some lower level, is aware that this is the capper to what has been going on in the Marvel films. And if they're a person who has been interested in any facet of those films, they want to see this one because they want to see it's like it's like a series finale almost. Right. Yep. True. Very true. Uh, uh, more in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Luke Cage has a premiere date, June twenty second. Heck yeah! They did that with a trailer. It was pretty cool. Oh, the trailer came out. Well, it was small little, like a little teaser. small little oh, yeah. uh, like announcement thing. What's up? I'm back. Yeah, pretty much that. I started Jessica Jones season two. How's it? It's fine. Oh, it yeah. sucks. I haven't watched that or Punisher yet. So. Yeah. Um, Godzilla. Squeak. Uh, as we you know from listening to the show, we love Godzilla. We Monster know Godzilla, Planet. but Godzilla Monster Planet uh, disappointed us a bit. Well, the sequel, God- a bit. Supposedly, supposedly, trans- the translation for the sequel is right now Godzilla Decisive Battle, Mobile Breeder City, Mobile Suit Gundam, which will probably obviously be changed to City Robot. To yeah, else. the direct translations from Japanese and English are not the greatest uh, in the world. It is the sequel in Japan. It air. It will premiere in theaters May t- May eighteenth, twenty eighteen. Oh, those suckers have to pay money for that. Yeah, they do. <laughs> Technically, we do too. Well, not but, as much. Yeah. Uh, also, a synopsis. Uh, that Crunchyroll provided a translation for, uh, so forgive any problems here. After suffering a crushing defeat at the claws of Godzilla Earth, the seemingly immortal 300-meter-tall, 100,000-ton incarnation of Godzilla who now rules the planet, Haruo Sakaki is rescued by Miana, a native girl who belongs to the Futua tribe. That's not right. (laughs) The descendants of humanity that were left behind on Earth during the initial evacuation. Meanwhile, Galu Gu, sure, yep. the leader of the uh, nope forces, realizes <laughs> that the arrowheads of the Futua are made of nanometal, the same material oh, that was used to build Mechagodzilla, a super weapon that failed to curb Godzilla's rampage and that was presumed destroyed <sighs> in a battle at the foot of Mount Fuji in the 21st century. Didn't you guys say and if they did like Mechazella next, like that's like stupid and a, like devoid of like creativity and it's going to be a bad idea? Sparks, did we say that? Uh, yes. Uh, did we say it, that? Essentially, we did. We said that because we thought that if they're just doing a Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla thing, that kind of has been done to death. Yes. And there's so much potential for there to be more interesting kaiju on a planet of kaiju. And they mentioned Mechagodzilla in that. Did we so... also, were we also talking about that with the live action films too or no? It's harder to bring in Mechagodzilla in the current live action film landscape. No. I think we were talking about Monster Planet because, like, I think, wasn't they, like, at the beginning of it, they mentioned Mechagodzilla? They mecha- mentioned yeah. Mecha- and then re bringing it back into this new synopsis. I'm like, oh, cool. We're totally just getting Mechagodzilla, aren't we? So, <laughs> the, so essentially, it's like, hmm, cop out, Mechagodzilla. Yeah. Yeah, this is the. Hold on. Wait. Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla, Terror of Mechagodzilla, Godzilla vs. Mechagodzilla 2, Mecha, uh, Tokyo SOS, Godzilla against Mechagodzilla. So that's five Mechagodzilla films in the original timeline, yeah. in, the original, uh, in the original Showa, Heisei, and Millennial uh, Godzilla films. And now at a sixth, animated. Yay! Hey, but don't at least forget he'll be Ghidorah, like... Ghidorah doesn't have that many movies. No, don't forget... The Godzilla vs. Mega Godzilla two-parter in Godzilla the MA series. Just doing the Marvel oh, approach. That's right. Uh-huh. Fight, fight, fight yourself. Also, Ghidorah has more movies. I just remember. Well, technically, that Mega Godzilla was a cyborg, so it, they don't really count the American Godzilla. I know. I know. I mean, Final Wars. It, look, we don't I love Final Wars. <laughs> Final Wars. Final Wars is. We don't want to get into the conversation. No, we but do yeah, not. It, look, sure. 
whatever. Maybe it's better. Who knows? I'll I'll let you know. I mean, I'll watch it. Yeah. I'll watch anything, Godzilla. Yeah. I'll I'll watch it once. Yeah, yep. once exactly. Same here. I'll watch it once Everybody just for one. the show, and then I'll. Be I like, will. I don't think I'll ever watch the first Monster Planet ever again. No, I no. doubt I'll ever, I ever will. Oh man. Well, it's the first thing Godzilla that felt like true sacrilege to me. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Because you just feel like, wow, I'm I'm so bored. No, I'm so bored. <laughs> Uh, 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 it's real quick. It's yeah. on Twitter. Some what, like some famous comic guy just said he watched it, and he's like, "How did this happen? <laughs> how did we? How did this come to this?" <laughs> oh no! Yeah, I've been asking myself like, that. He's too. like, "How do you? This is like an idea gold mine. How do you? It how do you? Really how is. you devoid of ideas in this gold mine?" Yeah, that it was disappointing. That's enough about Godzilla. Anyway, so a little bit more comic book news. Ooh, uh, fresh start, which is still the unofficial title of Marvel's current. So many starting uh, new relaunch. No, um, this is no. It's it's okay, Ben. It's okay. Ben. Well, the t- look, the titles look fine. It's just it's annoying. We've we've, we've been through it. We you, talked you it know to death. why? You know why I said that? We've talked it to death. Uh, Tony Stark Iron Man is a new title coming out, written by Dan Slott and Valerio Shitty. That's not right. <laughs> no, it's it's that's, that's yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. It, is it really that? I've only been heard it pronounced that way, but I can't. That can't be it. <laughs> it can't be. But that's I've heard it that way. <laughs> I'm sorry if you're listening. Man, incredible artist. Incredible yeah. artist. Um, no no synopsis, but Dan Slott did say it's a superhero comic that's somewhere between Rick and Morty and Black Mirror. He said there'll be like thousands of Iron Man suits. Yeah. So if he's going like, if he's like, is this like black science? Like he's ho- dimension hopping with Iron Man suits? Give it to me. That'd be cool. Although. Give it to me. Rick Remender's doing it better, I guess. Well, nobody could beat Rick Remender. Rick Remender should do an Iron Man book. Did he? No. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Well, he's not writing for either of the two. Nope. Um, Sparks, as a advocate to hate... <laughs> no, that's not right. As someone who hates Dan Slott as much as you do. <laughs> with, with strong dislike of, of him. Yes. Yeah. How do you feel about this? Um, I, I am very honest about the fact that I do not have a lot of reading him that gives me my opinion. It's a lot of I don't like him as a person kind of stuff. Um, yes, because his... And then, everything, and then there besides, are choices... everything besides Spider-Man, I think it's pretty good, to be honest. Right. And you've said that, and I haven't read any of that, so I yeah. can't speak to it. Yeah. Um, but I've really, hated, I've really hated some of his decisions and the way he talks about it. Um, I, I will say what I said to Ryan, which is if Ryan picks it up and he says, this is good, if he like, tells me, honestly, I should read it, I will read it. Because he's not on Spider-Man. And that was part of it. It's like, I, he, he extra pissed me off because Spider-Man's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Iron Man is not my favorite, so it's not going to super offend me if he's writing it poorly. Yeah, um, back when Iron Man was relaunched uh, before Bendis, uh, it was Karen Gillan and Greg Land. And Karen Gillan's a great writer, but that first arc was bad. And it just like you with Spider-Man, it's really hard for me to not... Is that after the Fraction run? Yeah. yeah, the Fraction Run is like it's Eisner award winning. That's that's the reason I got the tattoo. Yeah. Like that book's incredible. Uh, but the Kieran Gillen Run before he went to space was just trash, just trash. And even at the, even in the at the end of the arc, he's like, "Yo, guys, I know what this arc was. I'm getting better. Don't worry. I'm finding my footing." And then eventually got good. But like, I'll let you know immediately, man, because I need to cut books off my pull list. If it's not good, I'll let you know. But I'm hoping. Cool, oh, man. I'm yeah. hoping. Yeah, yeah. It, it like I I can believe where because I feel I personally feel from what I understand that he's just he ran out of ideas like good ideas for Spider Man a long time ago. Ten years. Um, yeah. Uh, so if he's got some built up good ideas for Iron Man, I'm willing to see what he does. I'm willing to give it a shot. But Ryan's got to tell me that it's good because yeah. otherwise I'm not I'm not touching it. Well, yeah. on the other side. Of the spectrum. Oh, the century is getting a new comic book, and uh, who's writing it? Who's writing it? Written by 
Jeff Lemire, oh. who is a favorite of all of ours, I believe. God, he's been on multiple book clubs. And uh, and uh, written uh, drawn by Kim Jacinto. Jacinto? Yeah. That can't be right either. Jacinto. Jacinto. Oh, yay, mm-hmm. I got one. Yeah. Um, while no concrete story details were given, we know that this series will pick up a few months after Century's return in Doctor Strange, where yeah, the powerful hero has been reintegrated into the Marvel Universe. His dark side, the Void, will still be a part of the story, although Lemire told comicbook.com that he wants to take the idea in a different direction. Now, I've never read anything with the I Century. I love the Century, yeah. With the exception of Marvel, Mar- Marvel Zombies number one. Which he's the reason. <laughs> which he's the reason why yeah. they're all zombies. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But I love Jeff Lemire. So now, re- the, the Void sounds a lot like Magus. Yes and no. So, okay, so real quick. Uh, ben, my friend. So the, yeah. se- the Century is the most powerful superhero in the Marvel Universe. He is, he is beyond Superman. He is God. Like, he has incredible strength. Okay. But every time he uses his powers, there is an anti-force called the Void that just destroys the universe. Every, the more power he uses, the more the Void is there to counter him. He is that strong. There is actual like a literal evil presence that is always there. So he, that's why a lot of people can't write him because he's, he's too strong and it's hard to write him like, uh, well. To make that like craftable into a story that works, it looks like Lemire does really well when it goes down to like especially the psychological because psychological stuff. Yeah. When Century first came out, he wasn't super psychological, but now he's a guy who has like he has severe mental problems, and like Doctor Strange uh, uh, showed that really well. Like he's just a regular guy, Bob, who just wants to live a normal life. Because anytime he turns into Century, the world ends because he has this world conquering threat that's at his doorstep every time, and it's super deep, and like it could be done really badly, which is done before. But Jeff Lemire, man, like. He, he just knows how to write really in-depth characters, and this is one that I think has never been done this way before. Yeah. So I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I'll Anything pick this one up because I, I love Jeff Lemire so much. Yeah, dude. Uh, especially something that dies in psychologically. Sparks, you got something? Yeah, it, it feels like this has that same vibe as it could be the, the kind of sneak-up surprise hit that, uh, for me anyway, that, that Animal Man in the New 52 was. Yeah, yeah dude. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yes. Because this one, like, this, like Moon Knight was like, oh, totally Lemire needs to write Moon Knight. We know it's going to be good. This is definitely kind of like a wild card of like, yeah. oh, Lemire's writing Animal Man? How, what could that be? And it's much, much similar to that. And I it's feel. super funny because like the century, like he's like, he can punch someone and the earth's destroyed. But like the story's probably going to be way more psychological, which is awesome. It's like Superman. Like when you write Superman, it's like Clark. That's what I'm into, baby. Give yeah. me that. Yeah. Um, moving on. To the east side. Deadpool. Has a new title. Another one. Another, another, another one. one. Uh, it's going to be relaunched with a new number one. Uh, Scotty Young uh, will be writing it with Nick Klein. Nick uh, Klein. He's a great artist. Oh, I'm so good at names. Today. Yeah, man, you're doing all right yeah. there. Uh, is, is the artist. Uh, but we do have a synopsis for this one. Scotty Young and Nick Klein bring you the craziest tales of the regenerate and degenerate yet. It's been a while since Deadpool's had to murk to make ends meet, but things are tough all over. While Deadpool tries to get his humble mercenary for hire business back off the ground, a catastrophic threat so unfathomably huge, so mind-breakingly cataclysmic, it defies description, is heading towards Earth, and there's only one person who can stop it. That's all caps. Oh no, wait, it's... It's not Wade, is it? Oh, shit. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's pretty Wade. good. I like that. <laughs> That's the synopsis. Uh, again, with uh, the fresh launch thing, I'm really bummed that they're dropping the Despicable Deadpool. He's a villain again. That's gone after 12 issues. That's fine. I'm not reading that book. But I, li- <laughs> but I like the new idea. Yeah. But it does, it's, just another, it's another Deadpool. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Scotty Young, like, he's writing more, which is really cool, because like, he has his, uh, like, his, his own art style that doesn't really work as an artist for many books. But uh, the more writing, like, I'll, I'm on board. I'll yeah, he's that. a kooky writer. Yeah. I'll see him. Yeah. Do you like Deadpool, Ben? Yeah, I haven't read any of the books. Mm. I like See, the movie. I, I've never cared for Deadpool 
I like the movie, but I've never cared. You know what's funny character. is much like the movies are like the perfect representation of a character. Like that Deadpool movie is like all the Deadpool I really ever need. Like the only yeah, Deadpool, honest, like the only Deadpool I ever read was when you loaned me a copy of uh, Deadpool and old Captain Old Steve Rogers. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah, that was a good one. Where they would go to try and find something of well, of Wolverine's DNA. And there's also a famous like little clip of um, Deadpool's in space, and they're talking. And he ref and he quotes uh um Return of the Giant was like fight casual and this other pilot says oh I think the prequels are also superior and also Hank Christian is a, a great actor Deadpool shoots the prequels guy yeah. points the gun to the guy and says say Jar Jar Binks is abomination and he like Jar Jar Binks is abomination Jar Jar Binks is abomination I like of course he'd like that yeah. um the only Deadpool I really truly loved was <laughs> Rick Remender's X Force <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's so good in there yeah. I mean, hey, good writer could write a good character. Yeah, doesn't matter. It's true. Uh, there are many characters that I've I've read recently that I don't care for, but could yeah, I definitely them any who like yo man like any if Rick Remender or Jeff Lemire like they can write literally like Barney the Dinosaur and I'm like yo that's gonna be a deep arc. I'd, I'd <laughs> I read that like I'd the snap like that. the snacklepuss version of Barney. I read the shit out of that. Yeah, if they're if they're like his name is Barney like Jurassic Park style purple dinosaur and he's an actual T Rex. He's like smoking at a bar. Like I've been through too much. <laughs> Sparks, you got anything to add or should we move on? You love Deadpool. I I like Deadpool. Yeah. Hey, have I you read? Do you have you ever picked up a Deadpool like like single? Have you ever like ongoing picked it up? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, no, not like uh, consistently, but like yeah. I've read some Deadpool here and there and trades and things. But I I he's he's very hit or miss with me. Yeah. It really depends who's writing him. Yeah. Yeah. I feel. Um. Well, DC has unveiled a, a new imprint. It is Ooh. on the rise. Another one. Another one. DC's Black Label. Ooh la la. Ooh. It's going to be all the Milestone characters. Oh, oh nope. Oh, no, it's not. That actually should be. I thought they were. I, I wouldn't, were I would not be surprised. Ago. Well, no, it is a mature imprint. Uh, Marvel Knights, baby. It's a mature imprint. It's been compared to uh, the Elseworlds line from before. Um, and Marvel Knights, uh, the fan the fan was is very much similar. But these are out of continuity. Unlike Marvel Knights, which is prim- mostly in continuity. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of Punisher, I think Punisher was out. Oh, really? No, Max. Punisher Max was, oh, okay. was out of continuity. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Marvel Knights uh, that was that was in. This is out, uh, and a lot of great talent on this stuff. Uh, but it will debut with something we've actually talked about before: Superman. Oh right, uh, Weird. Superman Year One, but by Zack Snyder, <laughs> by Frank Miller and John Romita Jr. Um, with a synopsis that reads, a, ground ra- a groundbreaking definitive treatment of Superman's classic origin story in honor of his 80th anniversary, this story details new revelations that reframe the Man of Steel's most famous milestones. From Kal-El's frantic exile from Krypton to Clark Kent's childhood in Kansas to his unevitable, inevitable rise to become the most powerful and inspiring superhero of all time. It's a three-issue mini. Brandon, hmm. what if everything you, everything you knew was wrong? <laughs> That's literally what that is, Frank Miller. Also, Frank Miller does not like Superman. He uh, too much to how much he claims to. I don't buy it. I think he does. I just think he's like he likes to warp him. Like I, that's the Superman I like. I, I kind of see it. I mean, he did have Batman beat him up in Dark Knight. Yeah. Uh, he, Dark Knight Rises, I should say. Dark Knight. Dark Knight Rises. Superman returns. Uh, Bane's oh not, shit! No, Bane's no. not involved. Son of a bitch! No, it, it rises. Dark. No, no. Dark. Um, fudge. The Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight returns. No. Oh, Rises is the yeah. movie, Rises you guys. Rises is, is the Christopher Bang. Nolan movie. Good lord, my what is my brain uh, on? Jesus, TDKR. <laughs> um, yeah, no, in that in that Superman, the 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 government for the Boy government. Scout. Yeah, yeah, that's how he sees Superman. Yeah. That's not Superman. When uh, I didn't finish Dark Knight, what's the new? What's the book he just did? Dark Knight, Dark Knight Master, Master Race. Race. Yeah, I got like through two issues of that. I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. Uh, but it came with cool little like 
like a Superman book and Wonder Woman book, Green Lantern book, and a Superman book was the whatever. Well, actually, my problem. I'm actually really happy he's not writing. He's not drawing this. Yeah, because his art style is horrendous these he's, days. He's gotten older, and it's definitely. It's definitely. They it, made. It used to be like gritty. Now it's just kind of like messy. They made a. They made a statue of his one of his most recent Wonder Woman. God no. No, I'm okay. That's bad. She looks like an ape. Amazon, more like Amazoff. <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> okay. Um, what do you think, Sparks, as the Superman fanatic, Frank Miller fan? Um, there's a lot of Superman comics coming out this year. I'm pretty excited for. Oh boy, yeah. This is not one of them. <laughs> Same here, Sparks. I wonder if Frank Miller's like, here. Oh, yeah. My oh, thunder. Brian Michael Bendis is doing this. Oh, oh, he's doing all the Superman books. Well, okay. Uh, well, anyway, moving on. Batman: Last Night on Earth by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Hell yeah! So the we the, thought they were done. The dream team. You, you, all you had to say was Batman by Snyder and Capullo, they just can't and stop. My, take my money. Just, just effing take listen, it right now. Listen to this though. This Batman wakes up in a desert. He doesn't know what year it is oh, or Batman. how the Joker's head is alive in a jar beside him. Okay. But it's the beginning of a quest unlike anything the Dark Knight has undertaken before. Futurama. And the strange future villains are triumphant and society has liberated itself from the burden of ethical codes. Fighting to survive while in search of answers, Bruce Wayne uncovers the truth about his role in the world in the new world and begins the last Batman story ever told. Old man Bruce? I am so down. Sounds like old man Logan, but like the villains won and he's old and that sounds Joker's dope, though. head is in a That's jar. Awesome. It's like Futurama head. I wonder if he's just gone it's like, crazy. It's like Batman Europa, but oh, yeah. with, with, with Batman's with Joker's head cut off. I wonder if Joker's head is just like is actually dead and he's just gone full mental. That'd be so cool. Yeah. I'm so down. Yeah. I'm so down. Dude, I love this. Snyder, he's never wrong. When it comes to Batman. Did you read Superman I was Unchained? Gonna, I was literally going to say, oh, yeah, Superman I Unchained. did read Superman Unchained, and at first I was really excited for it. Now it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I have that signed by him too. The whole creative team—they signed it. Oh, that's, that's nice. Yeah, though. I got one. Signed. That's still nice. Yeah. Uh, Comic Con exclusive, baby. Then uh, another Batman book, Batman Damned by Brian Azzarello and Libra Majo. Yeah, another oh. dream team. God. All right. Oh God. Uh, these guys, as we know, wrote Luther and Joker and Batman uh, Deathblow, which yep. is actually pretty decent. Yep. Was Libra Majo the only author Noel. of Batman Noel? Yes. Okay. Uh, Libra Majo, Brian Azzarello did not have that. Did okay. Not have that story. Um, this team. one, this one, on a deserted Gotham City bridge, a body is found. Whispers spread the news: Joker is dead. But is this a dream come true or a nightmare being born? Now, Batman and DC's outlaw magician John Constantine what? must hunt the truth through a Gotham through a Gotham City hellscape. The city's supernatural recesses are laced with hints about the killer's identity, but the Dark Knight's descent into horror will test his sanity and the limits of rationality as he must face a horror that doesn't wear a mask. That sounds fantastic. That sounds I'm amazing. In. I'm in. I'm so down. Oh my gosh. Uh, three more books. Uh, what? Uh, Wonder Woman. Hi- Wonder Woman. Historia. The Amazons by S- by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Phil Jimenez. Hey, Kelly Sue's at DC. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. Good for her. Uh, a hom a homer a homeric homeric epic of the lost history of the Amazons and Queen Hippolyta's rise to power, featuring monsters and myths. This three-book saga spans history from the creation of the Amazons to the moment Steve Trevor, Trevor washes up on the, store, on the shores of Paradise Island, changing the world forever. Another Wonder Woman book, Wonder Woman, Diana's Daughter by Greg Rucka. Yeah, boy. No artist has been announced. It's still it's, good. It's been 20 years since the world stopped looking to the skies for hope, help, and inspiration. Now the world keeps its eyes down. And the powers that have risen have every intention of keeping things that way amongst a scattered, broken resistance. A young woman seeks to reclaim what has been forgotten, and on the way, we'll learn the truth about herself, her heritage, and her destiny. 
<laughs> One more, The Other History of the DC Universe by John Ridley. No artist. Okay. A compelling literary series analyzing iconic DC moments and, ca- and charting sociopolitical gains through the perspective of DC superheroes who come from traditionally disenfranchised groups, including Jon Stewart, Extraño, Vixen. Who's that? Extraño. I don't know that one. Uh, got me. Vixen, Supergirl, Katana, and Renee Montoya. Ooh, I love some of those All right. names. All right. Among others, at its core, the story focuses on the lives of those behind the costumes and their endeavors to overcome real-world issues. It isn't about saving the world. It's about having the strength to simply be who you are. Ooh. What do we think? What do we think My about all those? My God, DC's uh, doing it. Down, down, and down, actually. Also, yeah. I just I have a comment. Black Label, it sounds like a very fine whiskey. Sounds like a nice liquor, right? Yeah, yeah top shot. Yep. Top shot. It's like, yes, you break I'll, out the Black Label. It's like, you know what? I'm getting married tomorrow. Pull down the DC <laughs> Black Label. See, I have a bookshelf full of comics, so like, hey, do you have any good Superman? Oh, let me get the Black Label. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> what do you think about these parks? Um, I mean, yeah, they, they a lot of them sound pretty appealing to me outside of that Superman one. So Yeah, I yeah. think we're all in agreement. The Superman one's probably the most disappointing one. But who knows? Maybe it's amazing. Yeah, man, you never know. It's just—it's just because it's, just it's Frank Miller. Yeah, DC man, it's like uh, Ben is coming, and all these new books. Like, there's multiple imprints. Like two new imprints, plus they have Jinx World now, and a new imprint that will be headed by Bendis later this year. Later, yeah. Um, wow, they're just doing so well. Guys, and, and yeah, no, I was about to say, I'm just so like, I'm just so because uh, earlier today doing we a went to dance. the yeah. well, yeah, because we went to the comic store earlier today, and I um put my pre-orders in for uh, Action 1000. I'm so oh, happy. did you get a variant for 1930s or 40s or 50s or 60s or 70s or 80s or 90s? Or the various uh, store <laughs> store retailer variants? That we couldn't get. Yeah. Well, there's this one re- uh, variant that I couldn't get, which is all the Superman from all the yes. ages I wanted, but it's they didn't the have it. Missing the new you Superman with his motorcycle. But, but, they did ha- but I did order the 30s variant, so I'm going to get the regular one and the 30s variant's just going to be like, I want keep the, this. I want the 50s. This just in. That comment looks dope. I want the fifties and the sixties one. I like the thirties very. Ugh, why do you want the fifties one? I love uh, I love Michael Cho. But it's it's not good. It's Michael Cho. I don't care. It's not a good it's, cover. Wait, or like on. Michael Ch- don't. On. It's the one. It's the one with the with the tank shooting at Superman, right? That's that's the forties. Oh, I like that one. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> the fifties one is the one with him with the little green men in the spaceships. Oh, I don't uh, care for that one. Yeah, I don't care for that one either. The sixties one no, was weird too. No, that's the worst. Yeah. No, the sixties one is good. The sixties one is the Michael Allred one. I'm just gonna get the regular cover. Yeah, I like the Michael Allred one a lot. Okay. Yo, I've already spent so much money on Action Comics 1000. It's ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, man. Moving on. Wonder Woman 2 has a villain. Christian Wig. Christian Wig. Hey, man. Okay. I, I stopped. She she is going to play Cheetah. Yes. Before we move on. I uh I stopped questioning casting. I mean, I still do. What am I saying? But like, I could just after Heath Ledger, you like, wouldn't be on the show. Exactly. Like after Heath Ledger, like it, literally, I can't until I see the movie. Like, there's nothing I can do because, like, yeah, everyone knows her from SNL, but also she's an actress and she wants to probably yeah, some, break out. Of sometimes stuff. she things. has she has serious background in a lot of dramatic work. She's in a lot of indie. But nobody's dramas. seen yeah. her do that. Yes. Some, sometimes it's Heath Ledger as the Joker. Other times it's Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. Yeah. That's very true. Uh, I think we're yeah. in better hands, though. I, I so do good. not think this is a Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor situation. I'm not saying it yeah. is. I'm just saying it's the spectrum we have. Like, she was in The Martian, and, like, even though she wasn't big in that, like, she... Oh, she no, it's not. Martian. It's not the spectrum we have, because Zack Snyder isn't involved in this. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying... I'm not criticizing the casting no, choice. It's just interesting, for sure. It's not your yeah. first thought. 
No, but, it's not. Which but, makes you think like maybe they got something good. But like. Barbara Ann Minerva in Greg Rekka's run um, is a British professor, and I wonder if they'll go that route with her. Because yeah. there's been a bunch of different cheetahs. Yes. Especially because it takes place in the 80s, so it could be like a different one. Yeah. And I, wonder, I, I, I believe it's going to be Barbara Ann That's Minerva. such a good name, yeah, Barbara Minerva. Barbara Ann Minerva. Ooh. Bam. Yeah. I mean, look, I like Christian Wake. I've I've liked I even like a lot of her comedy stuff st- styling. There's a she did an indie comedy with Bill Hader. It's like the Skeleton Twins or the Skeleton Keys or something and she, it's like a indie drama comedy. Didn't she do a drama with Will Ferrell on She on might have. Lifetime? She's done a, she's done a lot oh, of Remember the Lifetime movie with Will Ferrell? No. Was that Christian Wig? No. Are you sure about that? I have no I idea. I don't watch Lifetime. Well, while we while we discuss more, look it up somebody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll wait. One of you guys um, look it up. Oh, Ben, you look it up. Ben, get out Why do phone? I have to look up? I have something to say about it. Jeez. Well, then give me your phone. No. Use well, your phone. My phone is. Sparks <laughs> is on my phone. What do you want to say about Barbara? No. Look, Mar- I'm already. I'm already on it. Just do what you're doing. Sparks. Sparks is on it. He. Good. He's on his shit. All right. What do you? No. Talking? I was gonna say. I agree with Ryan. Let's wait until this movie. Until we see the movie. It. It could be. I'm honestly. I'm okay with it. I do. Like, I you do know have, what? I do have a fundamental issue with that. With that argument, though. What? Let's wait until the movie. Because we don't have a choice. Because then we. What, what will we talk about? <laughs> no, yeah. <laughs> Kristen Wiig is cast. She, it's out of our powers. We don't have. All right. Okay. Who's your perfect power? Oh, okay. If you had the power to cast, I'm not criticizing the choice. Charlie Slaren. My God, people. Charlie Slaren. Yeah, now that am I. I'm, I'm not like, criticizing the choice. I think Charlie Slaren. I'm. Ju- I'm just. You think saying, Charlie Slaren for Barbara and Minerva? Yeah. I am just saying. Okay, I can is, see that. I am just saying we should be. It should be okay for us to talk about the choice and yeah. not just like blanket. Let's just wait and see. Because we yeah. but we talk. That's what we do. That's yeah. what the show is. Speaking I, of talking. I like her. She doesn't wear wigs, which is nice to know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you think she did? Because <laughs> of her last name? Yeah, of course. Um, uh, Kristen Wig. It's not like a fake name. It's just like, uh, what's your name? Ah, <laughs> uh, Christian. Kristen, uh, uh, Sofa. Wig. <laughs> DVD cover. Well, speak, uh, anyways, uh, out of kind of left field choice, Screen Lantern Corps may have a new director. Uh, before we, we were talking about Rupert yes, Wyatt. Yes, this is a good choice, though. Rupert Wyatt was looking at, at directing it, but now we have Christopher McQuarrie. Yes. Who has a kind of a green director, has directed two Mission Impossible films? Yeah. Uh, and so he's written for he's decades. He's written a ton. Jack Reacher, he directed, I think, the second Jack Reacher film. Um, but he is generally, speci- he generally writes most of Tom, Tom Cruise's films. Um, but he's a good director. He's been proven. Uh, a good action he, director, at least, yeah. He's looking to do Green Lantern Corps. Well, at least... Warner Bros. looking at him do it to do Green Lantern Corps. And with this came a brief logline. Former test pilot Hal Jordan, now a veteran of the intergalactic group of protectors of peace and justice known as the Green Lantern Corps, mentors young recruit John Stewart. <gasps> I like it. He also oh. wrote uh, Live, Die, Repeat, colon, Edge of Tomorrow, Edge of tomorrow. colon, Edge of tomorrow. All You Need, all you is, need is Kill. kill. <laughs> and uh, The Mummy. Yes. <laughs> <You're> oh. <laughs> I just saw <laughs> the light fade from your eyes. I'm already pale too, so I'm, I'm invisible now. Oh, that, that was, was beautiful. And now we all make mistakes. <laughs> we do. And hey, writing is not the issue with the yeah. mummy. Um, but if there's something you know about Chris from McQuarrie, he works with one person a lot. And then Tom there's Cruise. the rumors that Tom Cruise will be Hal Jordan. Yes. Which I don't need. I I'm not. I don't know if I like that. If you're looking for an older pilot, he's got. He's been a pilot before, and he's Bradley old. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Bradley Cooper's yeah. my my choice for Hal Jordan. Yeah, he'd be good. Yeah. Um, uh, Sparks, did you check about the Kristen Wiig movie? Yeah, there's no there's no movie for Lifetime that had her in it. Um, Will Ferrell did a movie with someone on Lifetime. I don't know. Oh well. Oh well. Uh, moving on, John Favreau. Oh, the Favs will be doing a Star Wars. TV series. Weird. Do, 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 Jungle Book do, do, do. Star Wars crossover. So oh, yeah. By, by the way, I don't want Bradley Cooper for Hell Jordan. Just saying. 
What? Oh, fuck. Oh, we, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> we, I think we fu- might have. You didn't fully say it. You didn't fully say it. I think we might have uh, <laughs> touched on that before when we were talking about Shazam and who. Uh, I remember, there's, there, there was a conversation. We did. Oh, we did. I was just saying because I didn't have. I was looking at my phone that whole yeah. time, so I didn't oh. get to speak in. You're wrong. Continue. <laughs> um. Well, anyway. Star. Sorry, you threw me off my groove. <laughs> John Favreau, Star Wars. Star Wars is doing a Favreau. Yes, there is. It's it's called a Deadly Adoption, starring Will Ferrell and Christian Wiig, uh, aired on Lifetime. That's that's when did it come out? What? Uh, 2015. Made for TV Lifetime movie. It is a drama. That's gross. Huh? I, huh. Remember, I didn't I, find that. I remember when the <laughs> I remember when the movie came out because everyone was like, "This is a comedy, right? This got to be satirical." But no, it was a straight drama. I don't keep up with my Lifetime movies, Brandon. So it was it was like the talk <laughs> of like a week. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I I apologize. I did not see it. I, well, I knew it'll be I'll... our next review special. <laughs> I guess I guess Brandon should just do the searching next time. <laughs> I'm the moderator. You're a moderator. John Favreau is developing a live action series. It is unclear whether or not it's going to be the one developed for the streaming service. But I mean, really, there's only one that's been announced. But Bob Iger did say they are developing multiple, so it could be one of those. But it's unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. Good man, Fabs is great. Yeah, this was great. I'm super stoked. And you know he's a nerd. Like you know he loves this stuff. Yeah, he's been in two Star Wars uh, sh- uh, shows. He was in Clone Wars, uh, not shows. He-, he was in Clone Wars as a Mandalorian, and he is in Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah, he's a he's a character voice. Or yeah, something, he's right? a voice. And he also, I don't know, um, directed two Iron Man films. So the Jungle Book. I was mostly relating him to the Star Wars franchise. Yeah, which is, this is not his first time in the Star Wars franchise, no. and as we know, not his first time in the Disney. He the is Disney. Disney's no. baby, dude. Right now, yeah. yeah dude. He was, he, but he did he did two Iron Man films, but for Paramount, and now like Disney's like, oh yeah, you did two Iron Man films for us. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> He's got the like, oh, Book you money. did Jungle Book for us. That made us a lot of money. You're gonna do Lion King. That's gonna oh, make Lion us a uh, budge ton of money. So we, no, no, nothing. No, no news about it. So we won't hear about this probably for a while. Yeah, it's right. going to take a while. Just that it's Sparks, happening. Sparks, what do you what do you think about it. this? What are you with us on this one? This this is cool. This cool. It's a cool idea. Yep. All right. <laughs> I cool. like Jan Favreau as a person a lot, and, and like uh, him on Twitter, he's a really cool, nice, fun guy. Yeah, so like I, agree. I. It's cool that like man, when you have when like you talk about gatekeeping, right? Like when you allow people who like the stuff that they want to work on allow them to do what they want like they know what they're doing hey they should do that for star trek <sighs> i was listening season to this, two i was listening to the thing where it was like it's really strange that uh, that no one has worked on star trek who likes star trek yeah yeah that's a shame it's very strange that's a shame. but there's a whole other conversation uh for something else i don't want to get into it john F- john williams not john. john williams who as we all know is the mash is the maestro the composer the music maestro the composer of eight Star Wars films uh, and many, 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 many more. If you have a childhood song, it's probably his. It's probably his. Um, he says that he's done after episode nine. Well, he's 408, he's, so. He's actually not even sure if he's doing nine, although it's... He's doing he's nine. Doing Come nine. on, John. That money's too good. Let's be clear. He's doing nine. Uh, but yeah, so he says, J.J. Abrams is preparing one now that I will hopefully do next year for him. It will round up the series of nine that will be quite enough for me. Disney will take it further, and they will probably continue to do Star Wars for decades, so I think it's all good. And I think he just saw, I was like, I'm not going to be able to do Star Wars, so I should stop. I should stop at some time. Yeah, stop when it... Yeah, I get it. He's like, also up there in age, so... But come on, keep that chilling. Yeah, but he, I mean, he's, no, he'll complete yeah. it. Like, I think, he, I think he's looking at nine to be like... 
yeah, look, I, I, I've done, I've done the prequels, I've done the original, and I'll do the, the sequel. He trilogy. helped with Solo. He, he helped doing. He solo. like write the song or something. So I think what he's saying is, if they do 10, 11, 12, maybe it's time to just bow out because I can't do. The, he can't do the the Spring solo G- story. Giacchino. Giacchino. That's the first time I said it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think absolutely that that is the way to go. Uh, but nonetheless, it is sad because he is a uh, you know he will finally reti- he'll probably finally retire after nine. Um, probably won't even do Spielberg movies. Yo, man, he's been working for like 50 years. I think it's allowed. Yeah, I think yeah. so, too. He's a good guy. He's great. Correct. Yeah. Um, we're going to try and see him live again this week. This, uh, do you know if it's like, year. if they've announced like, if it's like his final one? He's never going to have a final live performance really? okay. until he dies. I okay, think that's he just, good. He likes doing it every year. Cool, because I've always wanted to go to the one of those, but I'm... Same here. Let's have him. Let's go. Yeah. Let's do it. Guys, Fake Nerd Podcast field trip. Wow! Yeah. I'll bring my bag lunch. Sparks, drive down here right now. Let's do it. Wait, no, it's not for a little while. Oh. Well, if he starts walking, he can get here in a couple months. Yeah, I'll bring my yeah, lightsaber. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I'll bring my, my jaws. Uh, everyone good to get into the trailers or anything more you guys wanted to bring up before we move uh, on? Uh, Sparks? Sparks, oh, Sparks, Sparks, Sparks? I have something that came <gasps> out this week. Oh. Yeah. The Nintendo Direct was this past week. Oh, and you're right. And they finally announced Super Smash Bros. for the Nintendo Switch with a character, a confirmed character, being the Inkling twins from Splatoon are going to be in kid. it. And they came out with a release date, 2018. We are getting Smash Bros. this year. Hallelujah! That's that's very... That'll make up for when Kingdom Hearts 3 doesn't come out. Stop! stop you're right. You're stop, right. Stop, stop it all oh, of you. Oh, I love that. Stop it all of you. It is coming out this year. And you are so loud. That's why I moved away from the microphone. Yeah, but you still hurt my ears. I am sorry. It's coming out. The Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out this year. It's coming out holiday 2018. God damn it. Yeah, all right. Hey, just so you guys know, Q4 in, in like the business stock terms also goes into the next year. So it can also come out up to March 2019. So That is true. So <laughs> quarterlies, baby. <laughs> oh, but, he, but, he just went full stooges. All right. Sparks, do you have a Nintendo Switch? No. I'm getting it now. I, I'm just waiting. Every time I, I Smash comes out, that's when I get the new Wii system. I still have a Wii. That's what... You still have a Wii. So do I. I still have my Wow, welcome to 2006. <laughs> I, I don't need to, apparently, because I'm going to be living with Ryan, and he'll have one. So That's even better. You're right. Okay, so Ryan, you're the other um, big-time Nintendo guy. Yeah, How excited are you for this new Smash Bros.? And every, it's coming out this soon. Every every time I hear about a Smash, like that's that's Nintendo's like main property. Like That's that's the thing that gets me going. Yeah. That's, gets oh, does gets it? the juices pumping. Gets you, gets you going? Yeah, dude. dude when, I... Solid, when Solid Snake was in Brawl, I was like, Mom, I need this right now. What do I got to do? What do I got to do? I'll do everything. I'm surprised they're coming out with another brawl already. I wish that uh, there was another Mario Kart on the way. I won't lie. But Mario Kart came out already. Well, no, no. That Mario Kart 8 was just a port. He means and you know a what? brand new. So he is Mario one. Kart 9. And so is this one. No, no. This one's not a port. I, there's the room. I don't know. If the, no, no, no. Link's hair. You can tell. It's, they it's, say it's brand spanking new. They've said it's a brand spanking new game. Yeah, They've it's a brand spanking new game. Right. Also, you can tell in the promo, Link, it's his Breath of the Wild outfit. It's not his regular um, Twilight Princess outfit. All right. I'll believe it when I see it. And Link, and just so we know, Link is the princess, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, my right. God. Yeah, Zelda's the one that, that is doing all the rescuing. Yes. Yeah. Stop yeah. it, all of you. I'm just saying, uh, Ben, the last year, because the Switch has only been out one year. Right. A lot of, a lot, a lot of these games have been ports from the Wii U because nobody bought a Wii U. True. So I'm just saying, if they put a lot of effort into a Smash game that nobody played, don't think that they're not going to reuse Well, they still played it because it was also on the 3DS. Yeah. And I have it for the if 3DS. Have, if, yeah. But the 3DS, oh, that was actually a really successful. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's the same game on both. I'm just saying, like, they've done well, a lot of Well, minor differences here and there. Anyways, well, we, we'll, uh, let's move on 
Uh, cause I mean, you know, my opinion is I'm not really a yeah. gamer guy. Exactly. Um, Mario sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I could hear the screams of thousands of Nintendo fans. Well, so some trailers came out this week. Uh, not necessarily, uh, all of them are in our, are in our kind wheelhouse. of wheelhouse, but, uh, some interesting mm-hmm. stuff we could talk about. The Grinch from Illumination. I'm, I have been a fan of the last two endeavors, uh, into Dr. Seuss that Illumination has done. Horton Excuse Hears Who and the Lorax. You have to say... Illumination. Or no, I don't. No, I really don't. All right, fine. You, you do if you want to get that check from Illumination. Disney already gives me enough checks for oh, good y- reviews on Marvel <laughs> You're movies. You're right. You're totally right. <laughs> um, oh, you mean that other thing that's not real? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, th- so what do we think about the Grinch? I, uh, um, I mean, I, I've, I personally think those Illumination movies are like fine. Um, I really like the animation style, though. I think it really works. It works really well. Um, it's it looks just like another one of those movies. Sure. I like the Grinch a lot. Sparks. I defy any of you to go back and watch that trailer and tell me that he's not just Gru from Despicable Me One in that trailer. Yeah, oh, he's no. just he's right, right down to the scarf. He is a grumpy goose, but also isn't the Grinch like a grumpy goose? Isn't that, no, that's not what I mean. The, I mean, the Grinch. He is, he is literally portraying the same character as Gru, except he's animated to look like the Grinch. Yeah, and if I'm about it. to watch, if I'm about to watch Despicable Me One, but it's color coded to be the Grinch, I'm not sold. Yeah, I don't like that movie. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'm not a big Despicable Me fan. Uh, I've seen all of those films. How many are there now? Three, really? four if you count if you count Minions. No, I've seen one. <laughs> I've seen one too. I stopped yeah. at three. Um, I mean, it looks cute. Like, um, if like uh, it's got Cumberbutt, Cumberbutt. What is wrong with you? I don't know. Benedict Cumberbatch. Cumberbutt. Yeah. So uh, Cumbersnatch. So I'll probably see it. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Is he doing I don't love his voice. I think he's doing an American accent. Yeah. Oh, so is. Doctor Strange. I, sh- I don't love his voice for the Grinch so yeah. far. Yeah. I'm whatever, honestly. Um, I think I'd, we don't need another Grinch movie we, for, I, for a while. Yeah. I, you know, what do you do? Because we already have two. We have the anime classic and we have the Jim Carrey movie. But, like, what do We're you good. do? What it's Illumination, you... so you put a pop song in it to make the kids happy. No, but, like, what do you, like, legitimately, how do you differentiate it from the last two? Just make it more modern. Films? You just keep modernizing it. Like more like updated jokes. It's just like make him crankier or make him cranky by twenty eighteen. Give him a kid. Give do him a kid. do all of the do all of the jokes that you used to do with Gru and Despicable Me. All the ones you thought of, but you couldn't <laughs> do anymore because you made him a good guy. Oh, let's just do that because that's basically what this is. That's basically what this it's basically is. Basically fantasy. Oh Despicable look! Me. Spoiler alert: Grinch is gonna become a good guy at the end of the movie anyway. Oh, wow. like old I spoiled the Grinch for you. <laughs> wow, I'm sorry. Who know the story of the Grinch. <laughs> no, know you know what? Book, that that book... would be bold. That would be bold and make me like it if he what? didn't. If he didn't become a good guy? He didn't become a good guy. <laughs> oh. I'll be honest. There's some jokes in this trailer that really got me, though. Yeah, It's like slapstick stuff. Yeah, yeah I like slapstick stuff. I like the bit where he's eating the pickle and he's just like, Ugh, and he puts yeah. just the pickle jar in the other person. I don't think, he's, like I mentioned, like I don't think you see vomit too many times in movie trailers. I'm like, wow, he just vomited that thing up. All right. No, I kind of like where he grabs the thing on the top. She's like, are you getting that? No, he puts it back and hits it and falls and smashes. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was some cute, cute, cute laughs. Anyway, Legion. Oh, yeah. Uh, looks good. No idea what's happening. Right. Just more dancing. That's all I care about. Are you okay? Yeah, dude, I'm great. Thanks. I didn't want to watch this trailer because, like, I, I I, thought about going to, like, entertainment lockdown for the next couple months just with all these big things happening. But then, like, you were like, hey, it doesn't really spoil anything. Also, how could it? Because it's Legion. Yeah, <laughs> so, like, like, what yeah. is it? What yeah, is Legion? Uh, there's more dancing. There's more crazy stuff. Like, there's more new characters. Uh, like, I, I just want to be back in that world again. I want to be confused week to week again. Yeah. I'm down. Yeah. What are you doing? No, I was, was going to do the, the teeth chatter oh, thing. Oh, don't make that <laughs> noise. In the, in I'm, the not gonna do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Sparks, Legion? Legion? 
Yeah, I'm excited. My favorite promo for Legion so far has been the really short one where David's mm-hmm. sitting in the chair, staring up, and the doctor comes over and he's like, David, can you hear me? David. And David's like, I smell waffles. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen that. I've been trying to avoid it. It's, it's a really short promo. I only saw it because I was watching Atlanta and it came on during the commercial oh, break. Okay. I've seen on Twitter, they're doing like these like micro, like 15 second commercials with, with Aubrey Plaza playing like 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 a like sexy psychiatrist, psychiatrist again. Ooh. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Have you guys seen the uh, the sh- the face morphing promo? Yeah. yeah. That's a really good one. Man. So I'm super ch- excited. For the chatter one scares me a little bit. Yeah, dude. This looks... <sighs> Give him more money. I'm oh. so excited. All right. Uh, the other, Another one came out this week. Lost in Space. Oh, Mass Effect, the show. Uh, Danger, I, Will Robinson. I, Danger. Okay. So, confession... I'm sure I've said it before. I really like that '90s movie. It's it's an American classic, but on the in, but in the wrong way. But yeah, it has charm. It has and charm. I remember my dad forced me to go see it, and I w- constantly saying, "No, I don't want to go see this movie." Gary Oldman's a space spider. <laughs> <laughs> he is a space spider. So I Matt LeBlanc's in there. Matt LeBlanc. Too. William Hurt. Love William Hurt. Yeah. Uh, that that movie's garbage. Yeah, it's a great cast. That's it. I I, I unabashedly love it. Um, I I think it's a lot of fun. Um. This one is more keeping in the tone of what they tried to do with the original show, which is far more serious. A little more grounded. A little more even. grounded. Yeah. Um, it looks great. Um, and uh, uh, Parker Posey. Parker Posey, yeah. Isn't it? Super underrated. She's great. Uh, I don't know if she's playing. She's playing Dr. Smith. Is she? Yes. Because I know it's I thought confirmed. there was someone else who was Dr. No, Smith. No, she's like Lady Dr. Smith. Got it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, That's I, why she's I knew, complicated. I knew Dr. Smith was a lady in this one. Yeah. But I wasn't sure if it was her and or she, someone else. She's so good at playing like those undermining, like, like mean characters like oh i'm so excited yeah uh, it looks great um the original show is something that i've kind of always had a little bit of nostalgia for um even though i haven't really seen a whole lot of it yeah uh but i, lo- I love the concept i love the voyager which ripped that ripped that concept right up oh yeah <laughs> the star trek voyager but yeah this uh i'm super stoked for this i love this i love it yeah. i'm so i'm so excited this looks so much better than the 90s show or the 90s movie Look, I'm not saying it doesn't. I know, I know. Yeah. The, the the Lost in Space kind of did put a bad taste in my mouth when I was a little kid. I, if I were watching it again, I'll probably be like, eh, okay. Look, I, that movie is a lot of fun. When I was a kid, dude, I, I loved that movie. It's super I, dumb. Yeah. I didn't. I, I, uh, the only part I liked about it was when the robot said, Danger, Will Robinson, hey, look, Danger. Jared Harris is in it. He plays a, he plays old man Will Robinson. Uh, right. Uh, it's, see, all the time stuff is fun, and then you got those crazy spider monsters. You get crazy spider monsters. And it's a cool helmet. It's like Iron Man. Yeah. And then you, then they start talking. You're like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I'm actually really into this, and I've said yeah. it again, but like, uh, it looks aesthetically like Mass Effect. Like the the robot looks like a Geth, which is one of the enemies from Mass Effect, and the suits that they wear. There's a shot where she's like coming out of the water, being like, like she's jumping through the water. Yeah. That's straight out of Mass Effect. There's a the 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 change. They've it's obviously great. made a couple of changes. We talked about Doctor Smith yeah. being a woman in this one, um, which Parker Posey great. Um, I loved her in Superman Returns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, she's Lex Luthor's assistant. Yeah. Oh. For yeah. Ben. Yeah. Um, but the robot looks to be an alien life form in this one, and not a creation. I think it's like an yeah. AI. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's a, and you get a little bit of the danger. Will Robinson, uh, the original voice who voiced him in the original show and the '90s movie, um, is passed away, so it's a different voice oh. this time yeah. around. But yeah, I'm super stoked. I'm yeah, really excited. Uh, it's like it looks like it's like centering on the family, which is like the good, the important part of that. Yeah. Which is cool. And you know they're like, and they're lost. In, 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 in space. In, in, space. In, in the reaches of space, absolutely. Yeah. No, so, actually seeing this trailer makes me excited for it. I'm like, you know what? I'm down. I'm going to give this a shot. I, I'll binge it. It's good. You're going to have a good budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sparks, you excited for this? Um, 
I'm interested. I'm not gonna say excited. I wanna I wanna say I heard I was listening to a podcast, Neil Marshall directed the pilot and he's directing the new Hellboy movie. Ooh. So Hellboy's in the show, just just confirming it right now. <laughs> Hellboy Hellboy, how in... are you in space? Hellboy lost in space. Has that not happened? No, just give it a year. <laughs> <laughs> Don't run out of ideas. <laughs> Mike Midola. Ah, uh, space. Hellboy in space. It's fine. It'll it'll be the next animated project by the same team that's doing Godzilla Monster Planet. You've ruined everything for me. <laughs> you know what? Space Satan. That's a thing, right? Uh, yeah, let's make hey, it. Hey, Doctor Who did it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah he did. Wait, Space Satan? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Season two? Fudge. Yeah, dude. Okay. The pit of hell. Christopher Robin had oh. a trailer. Small little clip trailer, uh, but uh, it looks super adorable. It's super cute. It's super cute. You can re re pose this trailer to make it like a horror movie though yeah there's a there's a bit there's a the, like the sooner the, the, the tagline for this film is sooner or later the past catches up with you that's a murder mystery <laughs> you can really make throw that around and be dark ryan have you seen the memes for this oh yeah like the anakin like yeah the, where, where it's like, I have the general, like uh it's ian mcgregor he turns around hello there Pooh looks up and goes general kenobi <laughs> Um, the synopsis good. for it reads, in the heartwarming live-action adventure Disney's Christopher Robin, the young boy who embarked on countless adventures in the hundred-acre woods with his band of spirited and lovable stuffed animals has grown up and lost his way. Now it is up to his childhood friends to venture into our world and help Christopher Robin remember... This sounds like Smurfs. Um, yeah. <laughs> Christopher Robin remember the loving and playful boy who is still inside. Christopher Robin is stuck in a job where it's he like hook, too. hooked. A little bit of yeah. hook. Uh, which, I, which I love Hook. Yeah. Overworked, underpaid, and facing an uncertain future. Oh, kind of sounds like my life. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she. <laughs> he has a family of his own, but his work has become his life, uh-huh. leaving little time for his wife and daughter, played by Haley Atwell. Not the daughter, the wife. Oh, Haley. Aww. And I love Haley Atwell. And he has all but forgotten his idyllic, idyllic childhood spent with a simple-minded, honey-loving stuffed bear and his friends. But when he is reunited with Winnie the Pooh, now tattered and, sol- and soiled from years of hugs and play, Soiled it. a spark is rekindled, and he is reminded of the endless days of childlike wonder and make-believe that defined his youth when, does, when doing nothing could be considered something. Following an unfortunate mishap with Christopher Robin's briefcase, Pooh and the rest of the gang, including Piglet, Eeyore, and Tigger, yeah. step out of the forest and into London to return the crucial possessions because best friends will always be there for you. So yeah, uh, this this is a this is a uh, I, I say trope, and I don't mean in a bad way, but like returning to a classic thing as an adult, like Hook did it, uh, the new Alison Wonderland, Tim Burton did it, where like she comes back. But it's also it's also doing um, it's also doing two tropes. It's the trope of you know returning to a classic adventure when, as an adult, but it's also the trope of the animated characters in li- in the real yeah. world. Yeah. Um, well, I mean Paddington and, and I think even Peter Rabbit somewhat worked. So I think but I think Paddington and Peter Rabbit. What I was talking about is mostly like Smurfs or yeah. uh, like Peter Rabbit is it's the real world. It's just the rabbit is, can talk. Yeah. Paddington is the real world. Just the bear can talk. Yes. Like, this is this is kind of like an animated world is like intruding on like, like Roger Bull, Rabbit, Ro- like Roger, Roger Rabbit, Rocky and Bullwinkle, uh, Smurfs, like that yeah. sort of thing. Um, I'm not I'm not comparing it because yeah. I think those movies are garbage. Is this a Calvin Hobbes situation where it's all in his mind? Oh, could Ooh. Be. is he crazy? Yes. He's going to end up in. Hunt. Yes, of course. What are you, what are you, what, yes. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, what do you mean? Th- is this that? Well, sorry, yes. sorry. Now that you, now that I say that, absolutely. Well, what if they, what if they go a different route? Yeah, or they could. I just, don't, I want, if, I just want, if, I want to see you no, and McGregor okay. going crazy if, talking to somebody. If they weren't, if they weren't just in his mind, which they always have been a part of his, a creation yeah. of his imagination. If they weren't that, if they actually existed, he wouldn't be surprised when he sees Pooh. 
Yeah. True. No, you're true. You're right. Well, but, or he thought they were in his mind and he is surprised to see that they're real. Right. I mean, to him, he's surprised to see them here like that. But they're still part of his mind. They're yeah. not going to be like, oh, suddenly we're alive. Do we know that, though? We, we don't, know, we don't know if there's going to be Paddington hijinks. We do not know we that. We don't know for sure. I, I know, and I know as I as I said it, like, you're right. Of course, obviously, it's in his mind. But, like, they could take a different approach, and he's real. And then Pooh's, like, in a bakery getting shenanigans on. <laughs> I, I hope not. That's not the movie I want to see. Yeah. Um, well, that movie exists. It's called Paddington. And it's delightful. And Paddington is amazing. Yeah. And that's fine and well and good, but that's never been the point of Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Um, um, real quick, I want to I want to continue. The cast list uh, intrigued me. Haley Atwell obviously plays the wife. Jim Cummings returns as Pooh. However, Jim Cummings has played both the, the voice of Pooh and Tigger, but this time around, uh, Jim Cummings will play will play Pooh. Chris O'Dowd will play Tigger. Nick oh. Mohammed will play Piglet. Okay. Brad Garrett will play Eeyore. <gasps> Peter Capaldi will play Rabbit. Okay. And Sophie Sophie Oconedo, sure. Kanga and Toby Jones as Owl. That's good. They've I, recast the entire yeah uh, everyone. They've recast. Everyone. I love Brad Except Garrett as Eeyore. Eeyore is my favorite character, and, and I can't wait. I can't wait to hear uh, uh, Raymond's brother. <laughs> I have an Eeyore pop figure. Oh, you do. Raven's brother. Raymond. Everybody loves Raymond. Raymond. Yeah, Raven the Teen Titan. <laughs> or Raven Simone. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's kind of where I went to. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised they recast everyone. I'll be honest. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, but I mean, sure, it's what you do. But it, it was, it's especially weird because you didn't recast Pooh, and Jim Cummings has played both Pooh and Tigger. So it's like maybe it's like a Mufasa thing. Like they just want the main, the main. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you gonna say Ben before I cut you off? A little confession, actually. You don't, you don't know anything about Winnie oh. Pooh. No, I know things about Winnie Pooh. I just don't. Sounds really dirty. <sighs> Shut up. <laughs> I just don't really like Winnie the Pooh all that much. Though. Really, I mean, really. As, I'm as, surprised by as that. He Winnie the Pooh was fine. I don't dislike him, but as far as my what did he do to you specifically? Th- Where did he touch you? No, stole on this hon- doll. Stole his honey. God, no. On this doll. Stop it. <laughs> no, Who hurt you? On the. Who hurt you? <laughs> 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 on like my list of favorite Disney characters, I just never saw Winnie the Pooh as like all that. I know he's super popular, but I never just saw it. No, I, hey man, you like what you like. I'm like, yeah. this, it's not like I like I go back. To, it's not like uh, it, Pooh's one that I revisit all the time. But like, there was a new animated Winnie the Pooh a couple years ago that was really good. Yeah, yeah. The Huffle? No, no. It was no. just a, it was just a 2D animated. Just yeah. hey, this is a new Winnie the Pooh. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking um, about. And I was like, sweet, Pooh's back. And like, yeah. that's that's the amount of Pooh I need, and I'll be happy. And then this one looks like super I mean, fun. I will, that's I'll the amount of Pooh I need. <laughs> hey, hey, Ben. Yeah, Ben. How's the ne- the neglected corpse of your dead childhood doing inside there? Oh. <laughs> you gotta rake, gotta rake them bones. Uh, wow. <laughs> Sparks. Oh. Neglect. Throwing shade. Saying every every kid needs some poo in their life. That's all. No. Although. Throw some poo at him. Okay. Do you guys remember in the very 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 I mean very early days of Disney Channel? I'm talking like '93. I was I was a I was three I was a baby. Old. So no. There was. Yes. Okay. Wait, Sparks. <laughs> I have a Are great you real, cognitive Sparks? mind. <laughs> you were three years old. You can remember things from when you're three. Okay, fair enough. My first memory. I, when I, I do four. too many drugs. There was this um, live-action Wayne the Pooh show on early Disney Channel that I. Oh my goodness! I know what you're talking. about. That action? I freaking love. They were all in. They're in giant costumes. Their mouths. They were in moved. the costumes like they were in the parks. Yeah. Like Barney. Kinda, yeah. Yes. Kinda like Barney, yes. Okay. But for some reason, that Winnie the Pooh show was my absolute favorite as a kid. And then I just like, I don't know, something happened. 
You got pooed out. Sometimes. Although you, you neglected your childhood. Oh yeah. my god. However, <laughs> I'm most certainly down to see this movie because I mean, seeing did Christopher Robin. See Goodbye, Christopher Robin. I, I did not. I forgot that even came out. Donald Gleeson. I, I really still want to. I want to see that. Really what bad. is that movie? It's just the that, Ocean of Pooh. That is like that is like the um, the Finding Neverland, but about a mill. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, so yeah, there's my. Uh, <laughs> apparently, my childhood is dead. Well, you neglected it. Well, let's. Uh, it's okay, bud. Let's keep as, kicking his childhood as we move into. As our... much as my girlfriend says it's not, because she calls me a child all the time. Is that the last? She I am also excited for this movie. Thank you for asking. Man, I'm so sorry. I'm so out of whack today. Yo, man, I'm happy you're here. All right, Sparks. Words, <laughs> words cannot describe how excited I am for this movie. Yeah, although it's really weird. He, when the McGregor, poo. Oh, that sounds. <laughs> that looks weird. <laughs> I, Kenobi. I, uh, I am both so excited for this movie and also kind of upset because in the back of my head, I was brewing on the idea for the, a similar concept to this film. Yeah, and. Uh, and that's a bummer, but but I'm still excited it's happening. Yeah, I think we. I think most of us are. Oh yeah. Except for Ben's neglected childhood. <laughs> oh my God, is that the new hey, running how's joke? How's those How's those Stephen King novels coming? Still... I will hunt you down. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> hunt him our... down. He's right in front of you. How much time do you need? <laughs> uh, to our main topic of is it, the is it time day. for the for some wrinkles? Our review. I should of leave my wrinkle in time. Iron behind. A <laughs> wrinkle in time. Spoilers from here on out. Uh, so if you don't want to know anything about this movie. Uh, Spoilers now or forever, or forever hold your peace. So let's get some Amen. initial thoughts. Uh, we'll start with Sparks because he was the most excited for this one. Uh, Sparks, uh, what did you think of this one? I don't, I don't know if I want to start because uh, I don't want to like be that guy. I'll start. So, you know, I'll start. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was underwhelming. Uh, to be honest, uh, I was hoping this movie would be everything I wanted it to be. I found most of it pretty boring. I didn't think the acting was super, super great until Chris Pine showed up. That's when it got really good, I think. Uh, the visuals are awesome, but also a lot of time I feel like the visuals there for kind of no reason. So, uh, sorry, Sparks. I hope you. I hope you don't hate me. All right, Ben. You're dead to me. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. All right, Ben's look like a childhood. A resident <laughs> Stephen King expert, Ben. I've never read this book either. <laughs> oh my god. Ryan, your 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 shirt matches your mic condom. It does. I'm 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 great. Wait, sorry, Ben. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, your shirt matches your mic condom. Jesus Christ. Hey guys, we're just we're fashionistas. Today. Oh Jesus Christ, whoever he is. <laughs> Mine does not. Continue, Ben. Sorry. Anyways, uh, my mind wandered. There, I mean, story-wise, meh. I haven't read the book. Story-wise, meh. I was surprised yeah. this book was so old. It was alright. Um, visuals I thought were pretty cool. There's some really cool trippy visual effects like giant Oprah Winfrey and stuff. Um, cabbage monster or cabbage <laughs> dragon when uh Mrs. What's it turns into that a savage dragon's a cousin. <laughs> a cabbage dragon. <laughs> cabbage dragon. <laughs> her head looks like a cabbage yeah, but yeah. there were many times where my mind wandered and I thought to myself you know what that would be really cool if I, if um, uh, Meg could just make a keyblade summon from her hand to fight the darkness that would just be so badass man what it must be like in your head it is weird in there he's watching like a draw, like three billboards man if just Francis McDora can get a keyblade right now <laughs> fix that daughter's murder man no so, uh, so let me uh, let me go next because I and we'll have I'll tell that Sparks go I so I liked this movie. Kingdom Hearts 3 2018. I, I quite enjoyed it, and I thought um, I was the reason why I was surprised that this book came out so long ago is because I was surprised at how relevant the message and the themes were in this book. And I don't know; I've never read the book, so I don't know if that was them updating it. And if it was, really good job of updating the updating the. the it is a good message. Story telling in this book. Uh, Sparks, what did you think? 
I'm the only one who's read the book, right? Correct, yes. Correct. Okay. Um, man, how do I even want to go about this? Okay, look, I have the most complicated feelings about this film that I haven't been able to suss through entirely. I, I, I have not felt this way about a book-to-film adaptation, I think, ever, or certainly not in a long time. And it's because I, I liked the movie. I liked it as a movie. I think I might have only liked it as a movie because of reading the book and knowing certain things. I don't know if I would have liked it as a movie without that, for sure. I'm not sure. I'm too biased. But I also don't think it's a good adaptation of the book at the same time. Yeah. And that's why I'm glad you're on this, because 100%. we need someone who's read the book. And, yeah. and so Why do you, don't you think it's a good, good adaptation of the book? Well, um, it's not a... I shouldn't... Okay. It's got the exact same heart and soul as the book. Like the, the main themes and messages and the intent are all there. The easiest way I could sum up for you what the problem is between the film and the book is that in the book, Meg is the main character, but she is not the only important character. Calvin and Charles are both important characters too. And in the film, Meg is the only important character. If you didn't have to have Charles Wallace turn on her in the later part of the film, Calvin and Charles totally couldn't didn't have to be in the film. Sure, yeah. that yeah. makes sense. This could have been that. a solo journey of Meg's, like the way the film presented it, because the book they are much more rich and in-depth characters. Yeah, when they're when 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 he says he needs to come because he's good at diplomacy. There's never really a moment See, that that and there's my first problem. Calvin just shows up. Yeah, I'm supposed to be here. Like, and I, even if that's from the book, that's that, even if that's from the book, like that's not how you. That's he just shows up and he's there. Like, oh, cool. Hey, guys, what's up? That's that's the whole thing. So like, Charles and Calvin are both. Uh, they have essentially they have abilities. Um, Charles is essentially an empath who can practically read minds. Calvin has a power. Yes, Calvin has uh, essentially like really heightened intuition and insight. Did, uh, I didn't pick up on that at all. Well, no, I know they don't. They don't portray it in the film. I'm okay, telling you from got, the book. Got it. And that's why he just shows up because he has this intuition and instinct, and it's very strong. Okay. Yeah, you kind of get the impression that like one of the misses told him to be. Yeah, I, that's what I. That's what I at the end because like, like I realized once we meet all the witches, like yeah, we're gonna help you on this mission, and yeah. we're, and I was like, okay, I get it now. But I'll like, be honest. Giant Oprah Winfrey really worked for me. Yeah, I thought that effect. Was I I love cool. the casting of the misses. Yeah, I loved it. Oh yeah, I they um, were so accurate. I loved it again because I don't know the I don't know the books. I I really only felt like Reese Witherspoon actually had like a character. The others were there just like here's what I'm saying. I don't have any much kind emotion. Like, kind of like Oprah Winfrey is like the god is like God, and then Mindy Kaling's like. Oh, I'm just like so wise. She's like wisdom, I, and then yeah. well, and like Witherspoon is like, oh, I'm just brand new to this club. This is awesome. Yeah, and like Mrs. Um, Mrs. Who is very limited because, as as they do in the film and is in the book, she speaks through quotes. Yeah, so it's it's hard to put a lot of character into her without and and they made choices. Obviously, you should be able to tell they made choices to pick some modern quotes, uh, more modern quotes for the film than than are in the book. Rush hour. But, <laughs> But her whole thing quote. is, yeah, her whole thing is her being, uh, you know, she conveys her, her intent and messages through quotes. And that's hard to translate. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so this movie, it's about a, uh, a girl. Who's uh, lost Meg, her father. Meg, and she lost her father and he just disappeared. He's a spaceman. He's working on space stuff and he just vanishes. 
Uh, and it, so we find out that he goes through goes to another planet and a wrinkle. he's been trying and, and he's been trying to like you know call uh, try to get some help but the missus go to Earth and find Meg and Charles Wallace and Calvin and you can only call him Charles Wallace do not tr- call him Charles and they no you can't you have to call him Charles Wallace yeah that's true and they go to and they go to this other planet and they find out that his that her dad is uh, taken by Camelot Camazots um and uh, this film has a lot of, I think, a lot of similar DNA to Tomorrowland. Uh, you know, it's kind of like that hopeful, better tomorrow kind of kind of storytelling. Love um, conquers all. And but with the added thing of love con- conquers all, where I and I don't know if this is in the book, but I, if it is, then Stephen Moffat has read this book because yeah. <laughs> that has been the theme of Doctor Who for the past whatever, however long it's yeah. been. Um, Sparks, is that stuff in the book? The love conquers all stuff. Like the yes. love is the frequency that that uh, that that allows them to test yeah. her. Which I, I, I'm okay with. They, that. they never they never directly state in the book that love is the frequency that allows them to test her. That is implied and subtle in the book. But the I but the whole thing about how love is the power and love is the light and all that. Yes, that's what the book is about. Yeah, the, the, I, and I want to before we continue, I do want to stress. Remember that this is a book that was written for kids. It's made for kids. This yes. movie was also directly made for kids. They did not, and what I respect about the film is that they did not try to appease to adults for this. They didn't try to make the plot more complex. Now, that being said, that there could have been better things brought over from the book than what they did, but they didn't try to bolster up the plot to make it so adults would be interested. Yeah, and, and I there respect were many, that. I respect many adults that in our theater who fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. There was one right next to me, my God. Oh I yeah, I heard some, some, I heard some snoring. Yeah. yeah, guys, don't go. <laughs> if you're just gonna fall asleep, don't go. Yeah, it's it's unabashedly a film for for children, and and that's that's okay. I think I think that's okay. No, looking at this as a straight movie for kids, because I'm movie. Oh, yeah. what did I say? <laughs> straight movie for kids. Uh, you know what I? This is an inclusive movie you, for everyone. We know what you mean. That's Why is just, everything that comes I'm out of my you mouth? Shit. Why is everything that's coming out of my mouth recently just a? T- Ass target because Fudge. I love you. <laughs> All right, did I catch? I don't know. Oh, Ben, we were totally joking. You didn't say anything bad. You didn't relax. <laughs> you didn't. We, you were joking. Looking at this movie like that, I mean, I could tell. I could see why some adults were bored, and I could see why myself, my mind wandered. I mean, I was still able to pick up on the story, but this being a movie made for kids. I would totally be fine for my future kids to watch this. I mean, yeah, love does conquer all. I mean, if you tell if someone's going down the wrong path, like um, Charles Wallace was doing when he gets captured by the it, thank God I didn't see no freaking clowns. Ugh. By Pennywise, yes, you're right. Ugh. Um, and he was like being all pretty much uh, an a hole, like when um Chris Pine's character when um. Mr. Murray comes back with um, Meg, and he's like, "You know what? Now nah, we don't need you anymore." And and then Meg's trying to get him back. You see, like the the light wounds in him in his yeah, face yeah, yeah, yeah. when the it I has control cool of him. I, I like the, the look of com- I like the look of, of the it's mind, which oh, yeah. literally they're inside a brain. I thought that was oh, yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah. it's brain. like essentially a black and black brain where you can see all the neurons and stuff. That was yeah. really sweet. Um, I, I mean, I can see it, this is really good for kids. I mean totally fine i don't think this movie deserves all the hate a lot of people have been giving it uh, it's it's important to note that it's probably not getting as much hate from I, I think like i haven't checked the rotten tomato score but i don't think it's like really bad uh i think it's probably respectable um, i actually have oh looked. that you check i actually don't know um we'll, we'll see well i, I want to be honest yeah. like if you like it man you can uh, like it i lot. so i've had a rough couple of weeks and i've kind of talked to you guys about it and all um but 
you know, it's uh, it's very hard for me to kind of vocalize a lot of that stuff. Like, a lot of the themes in this movie are directly contradictory to what I feel personally. And it was really nice to see just kind of this nice, heartwarming tale about love conquering all. Like, it just made me feel nice. Sure. And it, it gave me a feeling of kindness and happiness that I haven't felt in quite some time. Um Okay. And, and it's it's one of those things, and it's a testament to just what movies, how important movies are to me, uh, that they can sometimes directly affect my mood. Whether or not I feel the same way after is is irrelevant. But like, what I feel is what I feel in the movie was just kind of kind. Yeah, what is it? Um, forty-two percent on the tomato meter, and audience score is thirty-six. Yeah, I believe it. That's pretty bad. Most people I've talked to haven't liked it. My roommate hated it. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Most general audience people I've. I don't think I don't anyone. Know. Did you hate it? Like I think. No, I didn't hate it. Yeah. I just I was just profoundly disappointed in it. Sure, sure, sure. I sure. I I honestly I told you up until uh uh up until they got to when they're inside Camelot and they're Camazot Camazot and and you get to the cul-de-sac with with like the Stepford wives and the Stepford children. That was freaky. Once it became a horror movie. I was like, oh, this is what I wanted. This is what I'm waiting for. So it's a, it's a little... Each set piece, I will say, feels a little disjointed. I think it is very disjointed. Um, you get to, like, from planet to planet, it feels like a little jarring getting there. And maybe th- we're supposed to feel that within the story because she she doesn't, as Oprah, yeah. Oprah says, test her well. Yeah. Um, and by the way, the travel through tessering, uh, which is from, uh, I guess, a tesseract is real. And so that made all of us turn, oh, Marvel movie. Yeah, I immediately <laughs> like, thought, the hello, second, The second Mrs. What's-It went to the mom and said, the tesseract is real, I'm thinking, where's oh, Red Skull? it's like, where's Loki? Yep. And Where- it's important to note, the tesseract uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is just the Cosmic Cube in the, yeah. in the comics. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, this, yeah. Anyway, um, so it feels a little disjointed getting from place to place. And that does hurt the film a little bit because it does give you kind of whiplash. Also, they they keep their clothes keep like disappearing and then reappearing. I think there's some serious editing problems, <laughs> like con- <laughs> continuity problems. Like we sh- they shot on different days and didn't realize when it. they're because I just said you, you know they're magical witches. They do what they no, want. No, but not, not the the, no, the, the witches. The kids. kids. I'm talking about the kids. The kids. Yeah. So yeah. so Calvin Calvin loses his jacket on the first planet. He uh-huh. lo- he loses his his uh, his overshirt when they're in camazots. Uh huh. And then when he's back on Earth, he's got both of his clothes he's got he's fully clothed as he left oh shit you're right the girls give you clothes the girl the same thing where she loses her she, she's only got by the way they both ha- are wearing blue jeans and gray shirts and kamazots and that's really strange yeah. um uh she's only wearing a gray shirt her hair is up and then she has her flannel again but when she's in the brain when she's in uh, in the mind her she, hair's down her hair's down and she's fully she's got her clothes back yeah. and even even um charles wallace has as a as a card maybe it's like a mind thing where you see how you want to be seen like maybe, the matrix maybe perhaps. but i they didn't they didn't give us any reason to believe that yeah it's a little weird but i mean it's easy, it's easily explainable yeah um sparks even a little silent what, what you got anything more Oh, I, I mean, I have a lot, but I'm trying to avoid doing too much comparison to the books until we've talked about the movie a decent chunk, That's and then cool. I'll talk a bit about yeah. the book comparison. Well, I don't have any, I don't have any notes, so we're just gonna. We're, we're uh, yeah, no, I know. Books. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just holding back a lot of that. Um, uh, I, I will say, like, unrelated to the book. Uh, well, kind of. Um, visually, I think this film really captured the ideas in Wrinkle in Time really well because. Um, the particularly like the transformation of mrs what's it it's a very very hard thing to visualize it's it's very conceptual and very much something built in your imagination it's very hard to there's no like it's not described in a way where you can just automatically say this is what it looks like it is described as something where 
the description is coming from Meg for the reader, and it itself is hard for Meg to describe. So uh, if you ever see a picture or even watch, but don't, the TV movie of A Wrinkle in Time, oh. they totally just gave up and made a Pegasus. <laughs> and so that that can kind of tell you how disparate this visually was. Um, so I really liked I really liked the visuals in this film. I thought they captured the the idea of the concepts that uh, Madeline had written really well. Is yeah. there a sequel? No, uh, okay, so it's <laughs> Wrinkle in Time is technically the first book in a five part series that is also connected to another five part series because certain characters from both cross over. However, they're oh very much, each book is its own story. What is this, a Stephen King universe? Or so, the, uh, well, 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 no, no, no. Um, like the five, the five book series, the five book series follows, the both five book series follow a family. And then certain okay. characters cross over. But like this book is the only one that the misses appear in. They don't appear in any other books. Interesting, okay. Um, and this, this five book series is about, uh, is about Megan and Calvin and um, eventually their kids. Aww. So, um, Sparks, as yes. one of three people who've seen Girl Meets World, <laughs> yes. uh, how'd you like Riley Matthews as a bully? Um, I was confused about her inclusion. She's not a character that exists in the book. She's the only one, really, who doesn't exist in the book. Riley um, it is. It is implied in the book that uh it is not implied but it's told that meg has bullies and deals with bullies at school but it's there's no name or character given to a specific one i didn't really care for the inclusion of her like i thought her acting was fine but i didn't care for the inclusion of her until it got to the it where the it created a representation of meg that she wanted to be and it looked like her yeah and then and then i was on board for the inclusion of veronica because it very quickly tells the audience like oh she wants to look like this because this is what she believes she should be um yeah and that is a true that is a true part of who meg is in the book she she very much dislikes who she is yeah and you see how how uh veronica also doesn't like who she is and so it's exactly grass is greener kind of thing that's that's kind of cute i I thought that was a nice little at at the beginning i was like why is this bully here it's like kind of like a waste but she goes down yeah Um, no my first thought was when uh we saw um rowan blanchard the actress I was like Riley Matthews. Yeah, Riley Matthews. Yeah, that's her name. I was like, man, when did Riley Matthews become such a bitch? Yeah. I God. Honestly, like I, I thought the character was fine, but I, I don't buy it. I'm sorry, Rowan Blanchard, if you're listening, which yeah. you're not, but I don't buy it. I never I didn't think she was that great on Chromate's World, but yeah. All right, I actually thought she was fine. I bought it. So uh I wanna talk about I don't think she had I don't think she had enough time to really make it so that you couldn't buy it or not i thought that she was like yeah for for, again like it's a kid's film like it's it's very much a a typical bully Mm -hmm. yeah and and i thought she did it fine i thought she did well um i i i I, I don't think he was done oh if you got more no i said go ahead i said go ahead um up until about the halfway point when Chris Pr- Chris Pratt when Chris Pine is is back in the movie more like Chris Pine I thought honestly most of the acting was pretty not great mm. I think yeah, the I lead liked the, I liked her I, liked I think the lead up until up until she meets her dad there's like she has like no emotions almost like she meets Oprah who's a 30 foot tall goddess and she's like oh wow she's on this new planet wow like there's no there's no awe there was no childhood awe she was going holy shit I'm on a different planet you yeah, kidding me she running, was like wow. when she's running down the when she's running down the hill she's laughing and whooping and yaller and she's on a new planet right. I, 
I liked her. I did. I, I, I thought her brother was even worse. To, uh, yeah, I'll say he's worse. But also, I thought he kind of worked. But you know, you you expect less from a child, from an actor that no, that, that's, right. that, that young. Yeah, yeah. And who? What's the? I already forget. What's the white kid's name? Calvin. Calvin. I like Calvin. Calvin probably the most because he's just like a dude, just like, hey, I think you're cute. I like when. Oh, sorry. I, I like when he's like. And Calvin said he come. I did. Yeah, I, he's just like a fun dude. He just wants like he's like he's like he keeps pushing like, hey, you have great hair. Hey, you're cute, and I like him. Keep egging her on, and I like that about I do like that about the character. Like she is someone who is dealing with uh, like self esteem issues, and like she has to like work through that. I think that's the best part of the movie, and that does flow well. But up until I almost started crying when she first meets her dad, and he's like he's like he's like he's like, what are you doing here? How's this possible? Like that's when I bought her when she was actually bawling. That's yeah. when I bought the acting. Mm-hmm. Up until and then, I was just like, it, they're just like saying words to me. Sparks. I, I thought she was really good and, and in defense of some of that, I Meg is written to be closed off to everyone. Okay. In the book. Yeah. And then translating that to the film. Like I think that she is a person I, I know that that actress, her name escapes me right now, but that actress um Storm Reed. She she read thank you. She read the book a bunch okay. while working on this film and had read the book before. So I think she internalized a lot of because the book is told from Meg's perspective. Okay. And I think she internalized a lot of that because Meg thinks and feels a lot of things, but she doesn't convey a lot to the outside people. That's part of her problem is she doesn't want to open up to anybody. Sure. The only person now in the book, the only person she is comfortable really opening up with is Charles Wallace. And I don't think there was enough of that in the movie, but like, she's very, she's very uh, at first standoffish with Calvin. Um, So, so I like, that's me kind of saying like, you know, part of that is who she is. Like she becomes more open as the film goes on because she's opening herself up to love and to trust and to all that. And that that is true. And, 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 and to even what I was saying, uh, to go against myself, like she was opening up a lot more once further along in the movie. Um, I just, man, I just felt like that, like the, like that first, like 45 minutes of just like the kids hanging out with Oprah, like you got Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. And I feel like she is like nothing to do. Those, those teachers though, when they're talking to Charles Wallace and then they get mad at Charles Wallace and I'm just like, no, 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 you messed up. Yeah. Yeah. They, they gave Oprah's character, Mrs. Witch more to do than she has in the book because she is the, she, she communicates the least with the children in the book. Okay. She is not, uh, in the book she almost never shows her full form. She only shows it twice. So so they gave her a bigger role cuz it was Oprah. Uh mm. they gave her they gave her more presence, I would say. Okay. Because what happens is in the book, she she appears as a wrinkle most of the time. She's okay. there but they but she doesn't take full form. Like this Zordon. is a good time for This is a good time for me to bring this up. One of the things that I really wish was in the film cuz it's one of my favorite parts of the book is who the misses are. Because when they go and visit the medium in the book, uh, the medium shows them what the darkness has done to other things and other places. And one of them is the darkness attacking a star. And the star goes supernova and destroys the darkness but in that area, but also destroys itself. And you find out that that star was Mrs. What's-It. Because the Mrs. used to be stars. This is their next stage of existence after going supernova as stars. They are literally light. No, that's cool. And I love, I love oh. all the space stuff. And I, I now that they've ex- you've explained that, like, I they could have dove way more into that, and I would have liked. I it. I agree with you. I wish that concept had been presented because it's a it's a really great moment. Because Mrs. What's it? They the kids see it with the medium, and Mrs. What's it is crying, and they realize that was her, and it forms this deeper connection between them and the Mrs. It's yeah, such interesting casting all around. Like yeah. Michael Pena is in this. Uh, Zach he's Galifianakis great. Is he's the, fine. Is the happy medium? Yeah, like that. 
Like, and I know, I know, like traditionally, if you're casting the the parts of the misses, those three actresses are not going to be your first choice. But I appreciate that they were because I do yeah. like the kind of outlandish casting. Like one of the things I like with Guardians of the Galaxy when it first coming out is that you, not your first choice is to put Zoe Saldana in a movie with Chris Pratt. Yeah, Chris Pratt, the chubby guy. Yeah, like and that was weird at the time. Now it's hold a hat. Yeah. So like seeing something like this, it's weird. It's different. It's not your first choice. But I just it think works. I feel. I just feel like wh- when you have an Oprah and she's in a movie for like five minutes, like she's in that marketing. Like she is the marketing. Mm-hmm. Like Oprah is what you see. Well, she's the pole. I mean, it's, it's no different how Brian Cranston was the was the pole. Yeah, that's for also a marketing mishap. <laughs> you got to market the more famous actor. No, I, no, yeah. I understand. I'm saying for me, for the movie, like watching it, and like I'm, I'm following a bunch of these kids who I'm not, I'm not convinced by a lot of their acting, yeah. and especially Charles Wallace. I like him at the end when he's being a little douchebag, when he's being a little evil guy. I thought that was great. I'm into that, but when he's just being his fun little self, and was like, oh man, I don't want to. I'm not, yeah, they, I'm not buying it. They fumbled. They fumbled Charles Wallace the hardest. I feel. Yo, man, I've seen six-year-old great actors. We watch Stranger the, Things. They're all like 11. So, They're amazing. So, um, first off, Charles Wallace in the book is not adopted. He is blood. Um, I think part of the adopted thing was because they wanted to have a, a more inclusive cast. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that was it. I think that they needed to have an older actor because in the book, Charles Wallace is four. He was a literally just born when the dad disappeared. And is he still as, as smart as he is at four? Yes, oh. because again, he is that that empath. He's he's smarter than you than is portrayed in the film. He's very very aware. He's he is bright. He is very smart. Yeah. Um. He's very sharp. Uh. It also makes him full of pride. So when they go to Camazots, he believes the whole thing is. And this is one of my biggest problems with the film. They mishandle the turning of Charles Wallace into being part of the it. It's a little because weird. when. Because what happens is in the book, in the book, what happens is they go and they confront the man with the red eyes, which, by the way, since we're at this point, uh, the man with the red eyes is located in a giant corporate building of a dystopia, essentially, uh, that is uh, further in away from the suburbs that they first arrive at. There's no beach thing that never happens. Um, And the man with the red eyes is the vessel that it is speaking to them through and charles wallace realizes charles wallace realizes this and charles wallace knows that he's that the man with the red eyes is trying to trick them and he knows that the food isn't going to be real and all these kinds of things and the reason why charles wallace gets taken over by the is because he's so confident of his ability to be able to figure out he tries to go into the man with the red red eyes mind to find out where their dad is and he says no it's fine i can go in and i and i'll be able to come back and Megan Calvin tell him that he won't be able to. And he's like, no, I can do it. And he goes in, and he doesn't get to come back. He gets possessed by the it. He's like Goku. He's overconfident. And then and then he turns he turns on Megan Calvin in a really harsh way, and it's, it's really well done. And that's a big chunk I wish that the film had done right. But I also don't think the actor they cast was capable of doing it. Yeah. Um, the, the but turn I wish was... that they... Oh, go ahead, sorry. I wish that they had because that's that's kind of the crux of the book in the in the second half is that Charles Wallace goes there. He has all this uh, confidence that he'll be able to solve it. And, you know, he's this four year old boy and then he gets possessed by the it. So now he's kind of one of the greatest minds. It's it's said essentially that he'll be one of the greatest minds for the future of Earth for his generation. And now he's possessed by the end. Yes, yeah, yeah. but it's do, but yeah. it's even more it's even more present in the way the character is written because he's written a lot better in the book. 
Um, and since we're talking about this part, my least favorite thing in the whole movie, the whole movie is the forest, uh, getting pulled up into the sky because that doesn't exist. It doesn't happen in the book at Nuke all. The fridge they, they, they arrive on the planet and they walk into the suburbs immediately. That's what happens. Um, this whole, I don't know why that scene is there. It makes no sense to me and I hate it. There's a, there's a couple scenes like that for me that, that maybe cause there, there might be more explanation in the book, but I was, as I was talking to you, Brandon, the scene where she turns into the into the the the, the flower dragon, she picks she turns into a, a dragon and she picks him up and they start flying and then they see the bad guy and they just immediately turn around and go back to exactly where they were. It was just to show the dragon. But he, they were gonna go. But I, I think that works more in the story because they see it. They're not expecting to see it. Yeah. And he fall and uh, Calvin falls. They don't turn around when they see it. Yeah. He falls and they go to save him. Again, it's a, it's it's a moment. It's a moment. I don't think we needed. Yeah. We didn't need him falling because we know he's not going to get hurt. It's the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like I just felt like that. Like that's like five minutes, just like the scene he described. Like it's an it's an establishing of the villain. Yeah. And again, shot. like yeah. that's a nice trailer shot to see that crazy dragon turn around. But like I'm watching the movie, I'm like, oh, this is a cool dragon, and then he's and then she's gone immediately. I'm like, okay. So so in the book, that transformation stage, she does that to fly the children up to the highest peak on the planet because they, they don't, they're not looking for the dad. They know he's on Camazots in the book. Um, they're preparing the children to go get them. And that's the way they introduce them to the darkness. As she flies them up to a place that they could not reach where the air is so thin that they have to breathe through. And this was a different interpretation of the flowers. You see, they breathe into these flowers. that allow them to have enough oxygen. And there they see the darkness and the darkness just upon sight makes their bodies turn cold and freezes them up. And that's how Calvin uh, almost falls away and everything. And they come back down to the planet and they wanted to introduce them to the darkness before they took them to the medium and told them that the darkness was around their planet too. And then told them that their father was on camisots. Okay. Um, It's, I agree with you. I don't like the way they interpreted the intent of that scene. I do like the visuals of it because yeah, it, it translates well from the book. But I do, I do agree with you that the intent from the book was lost. Yeah. Uh, how much? I'm good. Uh, oh man, I, I, got, I got more. Yeah, I don't go, think go for it. Um, I, 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 like I said, like I think Ava DuVernay would make a great horror director because my favorite stuff in the movie was was in the cul-de-sac and when evil Charles Wallace, Charles Wallace. Yeah, when, yeah. When, when he was dragging them by like they willpower, that was really yeah, great. Yeah, and like you see, like and you see, like through like these like these grates, and like he, they're being pulled. Like and that, that stuff was terrifying. And that stuff was really good. Yeah, uh, that's gonna give some child nightmares. Yeah, and and I'm like, this is awesome for like it's like Willy Wonka, like it's a kids movie that has some scary shit in it. And, like that's what I was looking for, and I think that's what she does the best is like really intense stuff. It's the big blockbuster stuff that I'm. I just I'm. I don't think she's there yet. I just that's that's just me personally. What's, what's what else has she done? She's done all small movies. Yeah. Basically, she did Selma. I don't, she did Selma. Selma. Yeah. I don't blame her. I I blame the script in this one. It's a it's it's one of those. There ones was that's like, there was a mis there was a mishandling of the 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 material. It's also a really hard book to adapt, and I haven't read it, but I, it's it's like one of those like yo man, this is never going to be a movie. It's too it's too much. Right. Well the well the the hardest part about it is the visuals. They yeah. got the visuals. This movie has the right visuals 100%. for Wrinkle in Time. They have it. The the part that they just they missed is is translating the character development specifically of Calvin and Charles Wallace over to the film, yeah. um, and without that they lost a chunk of what the the film means. Again, it goes back to like my simplest way of describing what's wrong with the movie is in the book 
Meg, Calvin, and Charles are all important characters in the film. Only Meg is an important character. Yeah. I guess, I mean... Well, the writer wrote a... Um, Wreck-It Ralph. Wreck-It Ralph? Okay. And, yeah. and Frozen. Ooh. Uh, yes. Very Frozen. nice, very nice. And Disney Infinity. Hey, it's a video game. Oh. And Zootopia. Did you guys know Rick Remender wrote a video game? No. Yeah. I forgot what it's called, but it's 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 okay. <laughs> Sorry to derail that. I was Sorry, yeah. And and to be fair, to be fair, she co-wrote Zootopia and Wreck It Ralph, and Frozen. Yes. Okay. And she co-wrote this. Yes. Uh, how did you feel about the 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 happy happy Galifianakis? Galifianakis. I like Galifianakis. Yeah. I actually liked him in this film. Yeah, he was fun. I mean, yeah, I, I, I thought, I thought he was a a good translation of the medium. I liked it. Cool, okay. I, I actually thought he was fun. really liked Reese Witherspoon in this movie. She was my favorite of those three characters because she's the only one who was like saying stuff that was funny. I liked also, also when uh when she like, my favorite line in this whole movie where she like kicks uh, Meg, she's like, she's fine. What's it? We don't kick people. Yeah. And Gavin's like, what's wrong with you? Look, it was like, oh, that was funny. I liked yeah. her like, I didn't know. <laughs> M- Mrs. What's It is the, is the one that children connect to the most in the film because she's the youngest. She relates to them the most. She's not... Uh, it's implied that she it's easier for her to communicate with them. Uh, Oprah's Mrs. Witch is supposed to her speech is supposed to be elongated. All her words are really long in the book. Uh, I understand why they didn't do that. It's really hard and weird to adapt, especially if you're seeing the person visually. Um, but there there's always some kind of like great they're they're kind of removed from the the ideas of of human life. Uh, for Mrs. Who and Mrs. Which, whereas Mrs. What's It kind of understands it a little bit better. That makes sense. Uh, and that's that's why she's got kind of more character going on and, and connection to the kids. Um, but yeah, I thought I thought Chris Pine. I mean, he's great in everything. But like 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 my favorite scene was the scene between him and when he's reunited in that cool red room, which also looked like I cool like, like I a cool horror movie. I liked him a lot in this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. the mom, the mom, the mom from uh, Cloverfield Paradox. <laughs> the mom is a. Uh, in the book she's a she's she's another one of my problems with the film she is very uh in the know of of being very kind to the missus when they show up uh missus what's it in specifically um she's she doesn't know what she is but she's very you know much more embracing and uh interested and she's she's a little portrayed a little more sharp and aware of her children than she is in the film i it, feel it seemed like like because like they were like a they were like a partner duo the chris pine and his wife and it, i feel like i feel like she would know way more than she does if they're dealing with this crazy 91 billion light year travel i feel like she'd she'd know a little bit more maybe? well she said in the beginning that she focuses on the small like no she, yep she focuses on the small stuff whereas chris right. pine's character was like the bigger one no you essentially chris right. pine was a uh not super horny James Tiberius Kirk in this one. There you go. <laughs> yeah. With no Starship Enterprise. There you go. His and brain his, is the Enterprise. Yeah. And his and um his wife is like, I just like the smaller stuff. Essentially, his wife likes the Ant Man stuff, and Chris Pine likes the Thanos Tesseract stuff. Mm, you're right. I like it. Don't know why I picked those two, but they I just did. Mm. I love Thanos. That's fine. <laughs> Look on Brandon's face. He's like, you're so, you're so, to be inside your mind. Was there a key? Was there a keyblade? Must be interesting. <laughs> there was no keyblade in this one. Uh, but I did think Final Fantasy. There was like, man, this visual will be really cool in a Final Fantasy movie. Yeah, it's like multiple a, it's like a summon, the giant uh, cottage dragon. Yeah, yeah Sparks. Um, you got any more? I'm assuming you do. 
There's a scene that I truly wish had been left in the film. I know they filmed it and they decided to remove it. And I can understand with their cut why they did decide to remove it. But um, it bums me out that it was filmed and then not put into action. When the happy medium shows them uh, is looking for Kamazots and you see all those places that he went. Uh, there's this one part where he says, I don't know if you'll remember it, but he says, hey, Aunt Beast. Yes. Uh, that was a reference to because they weren't going to fit the scene in in the film. When they are on Kamazots, the dad tessers Calvin, Meg, and himself away from Kamazots to to a place he's not sure of. And it's a planet where those creatures live. And one uh, begins taking care of the, them. And they all begin taking care of them. But one takes care of Meg in particular because she was nearly consumed by the darkness. And her name is Aunt Beast, which Meg gives to her. And uh, they're these creatures who kind of communicate telepathically and they don't understand the con they have no eyes. So they don't understand the concept of everything that's tried to- that the characters try to describe through them through sight. Cool. So that there are these interesting conversations that happen between them because they communicate through feelings and through music and song. Um, that's how they understand concepts. And, they filmed that and decided to cut it. And so that's just a little nod to it. And I wish they hadn't because it's a really strong scene. But I think when, um, by the time you get the Kamazots, you're just like, all right, let's get to the end. Yeah. Well, in again, like the way that they structured the film. Yes, I understand. But the thing is like the setup for them to go with the misses should not have been as long as it was in the film. This is not a book that can't be translated easily to a two hour film and keep all of its content. They stretched a lot of stuff out in the beginning that didn't need to be. Um, I, did, I did feel like okay. Can we can we get the action going a little bit quicker? Please? I didn't. I up until they said, I'm just gonna call Camelot. Up until they said that, I was like, is there a bad guy in this movie? Like, what are they? They have to find the dad. Like, where's the obstacles? And then I was like, oh, there's a giant uh, uh, space door on Dormammu. Got it's it. a giant brain. Got it. Giant dark brain. Dark brain. I did like the interpretation of the brain a lot yeah. because in the book, the brain is sitting on a table. It's just a really big brain <laughs> sitting on a table. Oh. Um. That's with kinda... a big pulsing sphere around it. So the, the interpretation of throwing them into the middle of the darkness and then having it be like being inside of a brain, I liked a lot better. Yeah, I like that. Uh, like so you're the, you're the book guy. Do you think was, because it's, it's like a big book in scope. Do you think they went the full breadth of how it could go? Or do you think they at least adapted like the scope of what they wanted? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, do you think it was adapted at least uh, uh, like special effects? We always like... Like visually, visual, yeah. I'm just trying to think. Like, like when you imagine in your brain, like, was it okay? Like, you're like, yeah, that's a good adaptation. Oh, I see. I see what you mean. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. The book is the book. The reason the book has never been made into a film before. The reason why it's so daunting is because, again, like the visual concepts of tessering and the planets that they go to and the creatures that they see is so hard to capture. Um, I thought this book did a really good job of keeping those ideas. I, it's not a perfect translation, but again, like some of those things are things designed to be made up in your imagination they're not super tangible so like no and not necessarily any interpretation is wrong yeah but there are like you know ways where you could be like well i didn't really see it that way but my my, my here's, I, here's a better phrasing like when you watch the venom teaser you cannot tell us a venom movie like if you watch the trailer to this would you know it's a wrinkle in time movie without saying wrinkle in time uh yeah i mean okay. certain scenes yes because that's a yes. good barometer for adaptation yeah. yes i think i think it it, it 
again, it keeps the heart and soul of what the book is, visually and tonally and thematically. It's all there. It just missed the bar on certain things, I feel. Um, another problem I had that I wanted to tell you guys real quick is that uh, I really didn't like that when they walk away from the suburbs, the suburbs disappear and turned into a beach. And the reason I didn't like this is because Kamazots is a planet with people on it. It's not just the darkness. That's not all there is there. It feels like a, like a fear dimension kind of thing. Right, but it's not supposed... It's yeah. a planet full of people who gave up and decided that the it should run their lives. Yeah, they. That they, sounds so much better. But they certainly portray it as there's only one person who lives on this planet, and it's the it. Right, and I had a big problem with that because it's a planet that's like Earth, but if Earth had everyone just be like... It would be much easier and better if the it just decided everything that happens in my life for me, and that's what the whole planet is. Real quickly, when they it, encounter people, is it the same in the book where like the it is affecting people on Earth, so like people on Earth are just becoming assholes? Yes, okay. it is shown that the darkness is affecting people on Earth, and Calvin's uh, mom, not his dad, but his mom in the book, is shown to be affected by the darkness. Okay, cool. Uh, well, let's get into final thoughts. We're running a little long. I like it. Um, Ben, final thoughts? It's all right. That's all I got. <laughs> Done. All right, cool. Short and sweet. I like it. Ryan? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah like, uh, I'm a man of spectacle. I like good spectacle, but you got to have a good story there or else, because, like, you know, I'm, I'm an old man now. Like, CGI is not impressive to me anymore. Like, I'm, I'm past seen that. seen it all. I've seen it all. Exactly. So, um, I think it fell a little short for me. Um, definitely talking to Sparks has helped me alleviate some of my character problems, because, like, uh, just things I didn't catch. But overall, I, like, I walked out just going, like, yeah, okay. So, like, I'd give it, like, Honestly, I'd give it like a six. Yeah. Ben, rate it. Sorry. Give it a five. Whoa. Oh, I was way more negative than you, I thought. Oh, man. Yeah. It's like right in the middle. All right. It's, it's true it is, neutral. It is true. Five, six. Uh, Sparks? I really liked everything that they recreated from the books, and I like some of the things that they decided to modernize. Uh, I thought the modernizing adaptations of most of the ideas, because this book is old, uh, worked, and I I feel like if they hadn't strayed too far away from the character development, and I really do feel like it's just a problem of focusing too hard on Meg in the movie. Um, I think this could have been really, really solid, but uh, as it is, I think it's a great film for kids. I think it's a good movie. I don't think it, it's... I just think it's uh, a little disappointing when, when you know the wealth of material that was possible and, and the cast that they had, that it could have been it could have been really great and really something special, and it, it fell short of that, but I still think it's good. Uh, I give it a seven point five. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I mean, it's a it's a it's a, it's a cute film. Um, mm -hmm. I I think I it, like. I, I, we didn't talk about it enough, but it has a really good message. It does have a really believing good... in yourself, overcoming like fear and stuff like that. Yeah. That's like really strong. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad that the heart of it is there. The soul of the book is in the film. It's there. Yeah. So I you know I think maybe after talking about it like Tomorrowland better, but like I said, they share a very similar DNA of kind of like that hopeful kind of like you know be better yeah. kind of situation. Um, it did hit me a little harder just because of the personal stuff I'm going through. Um, but ultimately, it I don't think the movie is bad. Uh, I would say oh, 6.5 or 7, I think I would go, uh, go, I'm, go with. I'm glad, that, I'm glad that worked for you, Brandon. I have a quick question before we move on. Yeah. Sure. Uh, just everybody like really quickly answer it. What would you rate it as a kid's film, like for kids? How would you rate it? Oh, easy. Um, I'd show it to kids. Yeah, I, I'd go first. As a... As a kid's film, oh, definitely easy. I'm Seven. To, I'm, it, for me, if it has the same feel of like a never-ending story kind of thing, um, right? So like, it does feel a lot like a modern never-ending story. 100%. That's a good. Um, 
probably like like a seven or eight. Like I think I definitely because like I'm much more critical like as a movie. Like if you put this on for people who aren't really looking for that, uh, visually it's stunning and it's a good message and it's like cool cool stuff to look at. Yeah, I think it's audience. I think its audience would really enjoy it. And it's yeah. audience is kids. I would yeah. say for a kids film eight. Too bad everyone else saw Black. I, I think I think for, as a kids film for kids in this modern day and age, I think it's a nine. Yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, I really wonder how how kids respond to this because like we only see like forty year old reviews, so like forty yeah, year old like white people reviews. Very true. <laughs> all right, that'll do it for our review of Wrinkle in Time. Glowing reviews all Wrinkled around. Wrinkle as time. <laughs> Ryan, it is your turn for the book club. Please take it hey, away. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Ryan Eliopoulos, and uh, if you guys without know, fail, without fail, if you know anything about me, I like a guy named Swamp Thing. Do you now? I do. Uh, he's a very, uh, I would, I wouldn't say he's obscure because he's, he's always had a comic, but he is one of the least and read two movies in the TV show. Jesus, we're going to forget about him. One of the <laughs> least read comics, uh, uh, in history, but, uh, he's my favorite character because, uh, I'm a dude who likes to, I like things that deal with humanity. What does it mean to be human? What does it mean to have a soul? So, you know, AI, Westworld, plants having a uh, soul, that kind of stuff. Swamp Thing Winter Special is an 80 page giant as it's called. And it's a, uh, a two part story. Uh, not related. Uh, the first uh, part is by Tom King and Jason Fabok, and then the last part is by the late great Len Wein and it's Kelly Jones. Last, it's his last story. Last story, and it didn't even get. Uh, uh, it was drawn, but it wasn't even fully uh, scripted because uh, it had the script in the back, as you can see. And, yeah, and, uh, it was actually quite interesting reading those. Uh, yeah, scripts. it's really cool to read uh, someone who writes f- like full script in that way. Yeah. But anyway, um, w- what I'm really here for, no offense, my, my beautiful Len Wein, uh, is for the Tom King Jason Fabok Swamp Thing story. And it's a very simple story, but it's a very uh, a emotionally uh, impactful story. And it's simply about uh, uh, Swamp Thing uh, defending this Boeing a snowstorm. And it's a never-ending snowstorm. And uh, he has to... Uh, he's uh, trying to protect this boy. Uh, it's his escape from the... From the snow, from the snow beast, the yes. snow monster, snow monster, so that he can find the green and protect this boy. Yeah, and uh, Swamp Thing, as he's defending this boy, he's like, "Man, I can't connect to the green. Like, like this snowstorm's too crazy. I don't, I, I can't, I can't be who I normally am." So he has to fight this bear, and he has a sweet like monologue describing to this bear, like, "Listen, I'm sorry. You're just trying to, you're just trying to be a bear, and I have to kill you, or else you're gonna kill this boy. So like, I'm gonna guide you into the green." I actually thought that was really, really weird because wouldn't the bear go to the red? Uh, maybe. Well, he says you're gonna have to go the long way home. Yeah, and I'm thinking the long way means that when the body decomposes. No, but, no, but he nah. said he said he says the green. Yeah, we yeah. did get a mention of the rot. Yeah, uh, uh-huh. but I don't think that's mentioned to the kingdom of the rot. No, just the, the um, I I think I think what it meant was that his when the snow fades, he'll decompose into the green, and from there, Swamp Thing can guide him to the red. Okay, oh, yeah, okay. like decomposing. Yeah, that's like that's man, good catch, Sparks. Thank you for being here. Um, yeah, but it, it's a, there's not a lot of dialogue. Uh, uh, it's mostly just this, this young boy being carried by Swamp Thing and Swamp Thing just constantly going like, wait, I feel like I've, I've been here before. I feel like I've done this before. He doesn't know why he's going this way. Why am he I going this getting way? getting later. It, it, like a lot of panels just say later, yeah. later, later. And also the kids saying, like, oh man, we, you almost killed him. You almost got him. Or, oh, he almost got us. He's talking about all these encounters with the snow monster and Swamp Thing's like, I don't remember. Should we yeah. spoil? Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a single issue book. Uh, it's 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 just super it's super sorrowful and it's super sad. And it's and you and the Swamp Thing starts to realize like he he breaks down. He's about to die. And he's like, listen, I'm sorry. I can't protect you anymore. Uh, and the kid's like, come on, you have to. You're the only thing that's keeping me alive. You're a superhero. You're a superhero. You're my superhero. And and it's it's not before long that Swamp Thing realizes that the reason that the snowstorm is happening is because he's keeping this boy alive. Mm-hmm. And he's the reason. The boy he, is the, snow the boy monster. is the monster. The boy is the snow monster. And. The boy cannot survive if Swamp Thing wants to survive. So he either Swamp Thing dies and the green goes, the green goes, uh, or uh, he has to kill this like eight year old boy. 
What I thought was interesting is that the bookends uh, or this is this radio show. Yeah. And then the radio show begins again, uh, exactly where we left off. But he says, "I know how long it takes me to get like this, and it's been years." Yeah. But the the radio program starts almost immediately where it left off. Uh, uh, as soon yeah. as the as soon as the gra- as soon as the green returns. But it's a beautiful pan- it's beautiful panels uh, when you see it's heartbreaking as, it's heartbreakingly as they drawn both, dude. Like, decompose. It's and it's he the, and what I like is that the the kid's body doesn't decompose like a regular plywood. He melts. It melts because he's a monster. Because he, he's a snow beast. When do we all figure out the twist? Um, not until the end. Or when, until until it's until it's said. Yeah. Uh, when he cut off his foot, and two pages later he was walking on it like no problem. Yeah, for me, I first caught it when. He loses his hat uh, in a panel, and then the next pa- and then they walk away without the hat, and then the next panel he's got the hat again, and I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> I think I know where this is going." Sparks, what about you? Did you catch it? I I did notice the hat thing, but I didn't put the two and two together that that meant he was yeah, the snow die. monster. Yeah, uh, but the the splash. It page... just made me think. It just made me think that something weird was going on. It made me go in different places. I wasn't thinking the boy was a snow monster. I was thinking that like. Swamp Thing was trapped in a magic trick or something. Oh yeah, uh, the uh, the splash page that he reveals you are the monster. It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful splash page, but it's also really beautiful uh, because he's been like, "I'm a monster." Like that's I'm not a superhero. I'm a monster, yeah. and it's it's Al Collin kind of dealing with the fact that you know he considers himself a monster, and he's talking about how when he was born, when he first became Swamp Thing, everyone called him a monster and the monster, and even the boys like you're not a monster. I don't see you as a monster. When he's cutting off his leg, but he does yell, "You're a monster. Yeah. You are a monster." Um, and all throughout Swamp Thing's career, depending on who writes him, Swamp Thing has fully embraced his humanity and been a hero, and he's totally gone anti-humanity and was like going to destroy the world, and his daughter has to save it. Because like when you're just a plant, like you you can you have control of the world, so like you're gonna go kooky. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and it's super interesting stuff, man. And and Swamp Thing here, and he's like, after years in the cold, you a boy, you'd be dead. No food, no water, like you you'd be yeah. Because be dead. he says, mm-hmm. I've been, I've I know how long it takes me to get this way. It's been years. Yeah. And if it was years, you would be dead. Yeah, and it's like I have to kill the monster, and it's it's and it's just like the way it's drawn. Like you can't, I can't describe how beautiful. how sad and beautiful and well well crafted it is as a comic book. Jason Fairlock is. is amazing. Yeah, and it's the the moment he Swamp Thing like blades this little kid, guts him. He's like, we are we are both the monsters because Swamp Thing's whole thing and his entire career is like like am I Alec Holland or more am I this creature? And every time something like this happens, he's like, I am I'm just I'm just a bug. I am worthless. And like the, the the two pages of him of it's the same it's the same panel but it's the snow uh, melting and the green coming back and it's just one thing in like a fetal position just like laying there and he's and he's himself is decomposing yeah until and he 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 re, he regrows himself yeah. into the world uh and it's it and like he I said just walks away it's it's a lot of art and man Jason Fabok he's he's an up and, I mean he's been doing it for a couple of years but like he's he's something else and he's at DC hardcore now and I'm glad he's doing like he's doing like the new Justice League book or whatever Snyder. But uh, this this Swamp Thing book is is a perfect representation of what I love about Swamp Thing. It's not very uh, it's not super heavy like a lot of Alan Moore stuff, which is what I really like. But um, it's it's just it's a nice short sweet story that like man that sucked. I'm gonna go cry now. Bye. Sparks, uh, you've been a little silent. What what do you got? Yeah, I'm glad Ryan picked this because I really liked it when he and I picked it up at the comic store mm-hmm. um, when it came out. I thought it was really great. Um, it's kind of like a, to me, it, it's like a Twilight Zone featuring Swamp Thing kind of feel to yeah. it, and I really liked it. A lot, I believe, actually a lot of runs of Swamp Thing, like once they get the arc out of the way, there's a couple filling issues that are like, here's just him doing his Swamp Thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I felt, you know, I, I, I picked this book up, 
at the store mm-hmm. when it was you know I, I put it on my poll list um, because I, I knew I want to read a Tom King Jason Fabok story but also because I wanted to get Len Reed's, Len Reed's last. last story yes um, and that is also it's a and I got to say without dialogue uh, uh, I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but what what is great about the comics medium is if you have a great artist, you don't need words because the storytelling is through the panels. Oh no, you need words in this one in a lot of places. Yes, you do. Because uh, I gotta say, Kelly Jones, Kelly Jones, Kelly Jones, Kelly Jones draws a great old school Swamp Thing. Like yeah. the the bulky gross Swamp Thing, I love that look so much. It feels very much like Bernie Wrightson. I mean, that's why the picture. Yeah, uh, that's why she also completed Frankenstein Alive Alive. It's oh, because you're Bernie right. Wrightson. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, this book deals with um. It deals with a kidnapping. Um, Swamp Thing goes to a, de- uh, a police station and becomes like a plant, like a, like, a, like a watering plant. I'm not exactly sure what's going on, but Solomon Grundy's involved. The, the Len Wein story, um, we've talked about it. Len Wein's Swamp Thing is probably it's, not. It's, it's, it's old school. It's just, yeah. it's just old school comics. Like and for I, the time, it was fine. I don't, Kelly Jones' art doesn't do it for me. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not a, I'm I'm not just, a fan. It's the aesthetic I'm into, yeah. Yeah, it's a good aesthetic. Um, I think she... Uh, doesn't have a lot of detail in the art. No, and generally it's not necessarily a bad thing, but for her, I think it is. Yeah, because um, a lot of characters can look the same. That's fair. Um, but ultimately, like it's a it's a fine book. I would have liked to have seen where it would have gone. Yeah, because uh, there's even a, there's a panel where where the kid like disintegrates Swamp Thing's hand. That's uh, Swamp Thing. Gra- uh, Swamp Grundy. Grundy. hand. And it ends with like uh, there's a there's a Batman there just like ho- ho- uh, hollering over Swamp Thing, and it's really sad because if you read the like the the annotations of his script. He says, "All right, this is the final of my script. I'll see you for the next for the next script I'll or see whatever you next I'm like, month." Damn it! Yeah, there's a and at the end, at the back we got the thing, but yeah, he says, um, uh, "Even Swamp Thing is uh, still midway steep in water. Even Swamp Thing is impressed. Leave me room for a next issue blurb, and we're off and running. See you in a month." Yeah, and it's like that never happened. Ben, tell me more. How much about what you think about this book? Um, there was already one Swamp Thing book I would recommend to people who were curious, and that would be Scott Snyder's Swamp Thing, Raised on Bones. And as I said, that's a very good comic book. It's not a great representation of Swamp Thing, but he builds on that world uh, in a great way. Mm-hmm. This is much more towards Swamp I, Thing. Because Brandon got me reading that, and I absolutely loved it. Charles yeah. Soule's Swamp Thing was a lot better. Charles Soule was also— You know what? I, um, they're, they're both really good. They're both really good. Yeah. I don't know. This uh, The Winter Special— I will recommend to anyone. This might be my new favorite Swamp Thing book, because I mean, Ryan. I How don't much? Ha- oh, you're the guy Scott Snyder's okay. Well, no, I don't have much of a love of Swamp yeah. Thing like you do. I mean, Swamp Thing was one of those characters is like, oh yeah, that's a thing, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, no, no, no pun on the name, but it's like, okay, yeah, comics they have these like plant monsters, is like poison ivy, but this one's a good guy, so okay. I a can't. lot of people don't know Swamp Thing is as in depth and as intellectual as he actually is. They yeah. think he's just like they think he's like Man Thing. No offense to Man Thing at Marvel. Well, <laughs> I think it's the other way around because Man Thing is far less popular. People think Man Thing is Swamp Thing. I think there's a, there's, yeah. th- there's that disconnect. But yeah. uh, people, Swamp Thing is has never really been had a spotlight. No. Nope. And so, not since Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. Um, and so, there's a lot of people who don't really know what he can be. Yeah. Uh, and he, he's kind of a difficult character to write, much like Superman. He's all-powerful. Yeah. He's all-powerful. And so, it's, it's difficult. How do, you, how do you write something like that? You've got to get a good writer mm-hmm. on that. Mm-hmm. Um, like Tom King. Like Tom King. But Tom King is very... Um, I think Tom King works much in the same way that Alan Moore worked because he's very internal. Yes. Tom Tom King is a very internalized writer. 100%. Much yeah. like Jeff Lemire, or um, I don't think he goes nearly as, as like kooky as Jeff Lemire, but no. yeah, he's much more internalized. Absolutely. Uh, no. Yeah. 
But reading this book, seeing the lengths that Swamp Thing would go just to protect this boy, like even when um that one guy has points that uh, that hobo or or um that dude who was playing dead puts a shotgun to him, is like you don't have a lot of meat on your bones, but I- I'm sorry, but I gotta do this. And then Swamp Thing comes up, is like, no, I will guide you home, and he kills him. Yep. And Swamp Thing is going through everything he can to protect this he boy. He kills all every death he does in this in this book. He does the exact same way. Yeah, yeah. holds them close and and, and she's a loving embrace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And says, "I will guide you home." Well, yeah. not to the kid, but but no. But I thought that was a really beautiful image. Yeah, uh, I thought that's really beautiful imagery. Yeah, but everything about this is like after reading, it, I was like, because it keeps seeing later, later, like how much time has passed? Enough. Yeah. And then he's like, "This has gone through years." And even the the radio show when they're talking about the saints being the Gotham Knights, and the 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 Knights quarterback saying, "Yeah, there was a monster. Um, the monster got me." And the other guy just like, really? That's the excuse we got, monster? And seeing Swamp Thing just slowly walk into no the water. There's no such thing as monsters. Yeah. yeah, there's no such thing as also, monsters. Also, you are in the DC universe. You should know better. Yeah, dude. You have <laughs> you have like upwards of, what, five aliens living on your planet already? Come on, 500? So many aliens. Like, this guy has seen the news. Yeah. Yeah. Cough, well, cough, Superman. If you live in like cough, the cough. Bayou of Louisiana, like maybe. Maybe. The Bayou of Louisiana sure as hell seen Swamp Thing. Yeah, but that's oh, about yeah. it. <laughs> and he's an urban legend. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah, but just Solomon go- Grundy, Batman's fought Solomon Grundy. That's true. Clayface, that's a monster. You're right. Yeah, you're right. But right. seeing, um, seeing just swamp, because I'm thinking that maybe the snow monster, because I like the imagery in the very beginning where we see the leaf fall and then it goes like into the dead too. of winter, because it's like, oh, and the leaf becomes swamp thing walking through the snow. Does it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ryan, beginning. flip to the very beginning. Mm-hmm. All right, that's blah, blah, blah. that area. As, as, as Ryan's flipping, I'm flipping. Don't worry, I'm flipping. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it. Oh yeah. No, yeah. I saw that. It does. It does. Beautiful. But yeah, because I'm thinking, okay, it's fall in the bayou, but of course the bayou, I don't think has seasons, do they? I I haven't been to Louisiana in a while. I I mean, I was in Florida a few weeks ago. Does it say it's in Louisiana? Not a lot of um, trees in. I don't think we get. I don't. I just think we just know it's a swamp. Yeah. I don't think we get much more. I mean, Central Florida swampy too, but that didn't have a lot of other stuff. It's also the DC universe, and multiple fake cities exist. Yeah, true. Hey, maybe a fake swamp exists. Very true. But just seeing the, because I'm thinking winter special. Okay, this must be how Swamp Thing deals in the winter time. Because obviously, plants die in the winter. I think it was supposed to be included in the DC Holiday Special, but because of Len, because they wanted to include Len Weed's final story, I think that's they just decided to package it as an 80 page special. Okay. Uh, makes sense. But then going through the story and seeing now he's constantly in this winter and there's no end in sight. I'm like, dude, this this is heavy. So yeah, um, so he's like, uh, the child's like, yeah, but you're a hero. You fought the monster and you saved me. And he's like. Yeah, you're a child. Uh, I want to help you, but uh, it takes a monster to show who a monster is. Yeah. And I'm like, Jesus, come on, man. You're killing me here. Like, even the first time the boy in Toss the Swamp Thing, he says, I thought you were a monster. He takes something, takes off his own hand, and knocks it on fire. He's like, um, I'm not. Yeah. Um, and, like, so he starts crying, and then it's, it's when the, anytime somebody dies, it's a red panel. And it's the boy just crying no. And I'm like, man, this is a DC comic. Yeah. Why are you doing this to me? Um... Yeah, this book is super impactful. I just love Swamp Thing a lot, so like I, I get I get a lot more out of it because I like this character. I'm a lot. glad they put Len Wein's final Swamp Thing story yeah, at the end of it. Yeah, but oh, that that Tom King run at the very beginning is just Tom King soul crushingly good. Len, you come for Len Wein's final story, you stay for Tom King. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I think that's kind of the case yeah. here. Yeah. Um, Real uh, final thoughts. Uh, uh, this is the best Swamp Thing book to come out since the the last Swamp Thing book to come out. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Ben. Don't read my messages. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I, you were looking. I thought someone was wrong on your phone. Um, definitely get this. This you. This is 
it has to be read to be believed. If you've never heard of Swamp Thing before, you don't know a thing about Swamp Thing, and you're, like, and you're scared like, oh, but am I going to understand anything? Just read it as is. Don't try to bring any preconceived notions of Swamp Thing into this. and just Or do and be wowed. Yeah. Wow. And just go. Wow. Because this, <laughs> this is definitely a ride you're going to want to... You're gonna to want to be a part. Uh, of. The director of Ex Machina and Annihilation says he wants to make a Swamp Thing movie. So yes. after seeing Annihilation, uh, there's definitely some swampy stuff in there, and I'm like, yeah. yeah Oscar yeah, Isaac yeah. for Alec Holland. I mean, he's supposed to be like a blonde white dude, but who really gives a shit? He's a he's a monster. He's a, he's a monster. How many blonde no, white dudes? Are no, there I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's it doesn't gonna matter. be in a green screen. He's gonna be in a he's gonna be in like a Dan Stevens beast suit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you know yeah. what? F it. Oscar Isaac for Swamp Thing. Yeah. Uh, sparks, Sparky, Sparks, Sparks. Yeah, I really like that. I agree with everything that's been said, honestly. I don't feel like I have much more to, that I can say. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Can um, I tell you my favorite issue of Swamp Thing real quick? Sure. Uh, it's like 40... Is it this one? No, no. It's like it's like the arc of between like 42 and 45 where um, Alec Holland's wife, Abby, gets thrown in prison in Gotham because she had sex with a, with a Swamp Thing, and that's illegal to have sex with plants. So Swamp Thing comes to Gotham. He turns Gotham into a jungle. All of Gotham into a jungle. He's that powerful. Batman comes and goes, hey, you can't do this. And he goes like... Cracks his knuckles. That Watch was, me. That was before uh, Batman became unbeatable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Batman, my favorite panel in comic book history is a panel of like six Swamp Things just kicking the shit out of Batman. Just like kicking them, punching them. And, ba- and then he leaves Batman going like, you come after me again, I'm just going to kill you. <laughs> and Batman's like, oh, no, what have I done? They say, oh, something's definitely believing. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was that? What was what? What what issue? Um, this was new. This is Alan thing. Moore's like in Alan the eighties. Yeah, okay, like gotcha. issue forty two to forty five. Before you couldn't beat Batman. Before we were born. Yeah. Copy that. All right. Well, that'll do it for us this week. Love something. Yay. My next book club. Ooh. It's my turn. I'm going to do pause for effect. <laughs> nice. Wow. I'm gonna cut all that out. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna do the complete tales from the con, uh, by Brad, sure, Geiger. Come on, Brad Geiger. Geiger, Geiger. I don't know. Geiger. Uh, it's a it's a cute little book. Uh, nothing nothing as hard hitting as the stuff that that uh, either Sparks or Ryan have given us in, in recent memory. Uh, but it's it's since WonderCon is right around the corner, <gasps> I think people will see a lot of similarities and a lot of fun jokes here. Oh, I'm excited then. Looking forward to this one. I'm, I'll read it. I'm ready. I'm yeah. ready. Uh, until next week, guys. Next week we're going to be talking Tomb Raider. Damn, ar- man, it's, yeah. it's March Madness. Yep. Already. Raider, March Madness. And then the week after that, Pacific Rim Uprising. Get it on till I die. And then the week after that, Ready Player One. Yay! And eventually, sometime this month, we'll come out with two review specials, of Punisher and Annihilation. Maybe. Maybe. It, we'll see. We'll see. We got, we, got some, we, got, we got a lot to get through. Oh, we'll see. Hey, man. Life. Uh, until next week, thank you to Jeremy Vellucci. And thank you. You know what? No. Thank you to all of you. Thank you to hey, our fans. Especially you. You know who you are. Thank you. Thank you to our fans who listen, all three of you. Quite a few people <laughs> yeah. have commented on that Black Panther being a million dollars on our Instagram feed. Yes, two of them. Hey, two is more than zero. Two is more than zero. I know one of them. Shut up. I know. I know. Thank you to everyone who listens. Really appreciate it. It wouldn't be a show without you. Thank you. New episode of Subproc, right? Last week? New episode of Subproctologist. Thank you to Jeremy Bellucci, who does a music for our show. You can find him on Instagram at jvjabberwalk. He does a theme music and a show, a little show called Suburban Proctologist, which just released its newest episode. Definitely check that one out. It's a funny one. Multiple times I cackled. Uh, you can find that facebook.com slash suburbanproctologist official. I don't know if he still uses it, but hey, Instagram at subproctpodcast. Uh, thank you to Louis Beretta, who did our icon. Uh, you can find him in Lens for Eyes. If you'd like to get involved, please do get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from all of our What's fans. Up? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Fake Nerd Podcast. Fake Nerd guys at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, 
can find me at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. You can find Ben. Ben Madigan 27 for Instagram and Twitter. Ryan. DJ Tony Snark and everything. Sparky Sparks. Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter. S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Not SoundCloud, I'm sorry. We're not rap, we're not claw. <laughs> Until next week, guys. Stay fake, nerds. Bye.